teenager. Uh, when it started to get dark, we would go in the back of the pavilion and neck. <laughs> neck. We would just neck. neck. Where did that term come from, necking? Well, that's what it kind of looks like. You know, if you were looking at two people, like, sort of from a distance, it looks like they're just bumping necks. Joining necks? <laughs> yeah. Over there necking. Yeah, maybe you kiss the neck. No. Francisco <laughs> Happy Cervelli. Sunday. Happy neck day. Cervelli, do you neck? No. 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 No neck. Not for me. I steal it the best. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. It's three minutes after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Weather Center 11. It's 71 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders says President Trump is entertaining the idea of revoking the security clearances of several Obama-era officials. At the White House yesterday, Sanders said the group includes former CIA Director John Brennan, who was critical of Trump after the summit with Russian President Vladimir Putin. Others include former FBI Director James Comey, former Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, and former National Security Advisor Susan Rice. The remains of a missing Periopolis woman are confirmed to have been found in the charred remains of a car last week. Caroline Brandt Hoover was so badly burned she could only be identified by a serial number on a rod in her hip. The 74-year-old's car was found in a field near French Island Road on Friday morning. Brandt Hoover had not been seen since leaving a bar in Star Junction last Wednesday. California wines are showing evidence of the Fukushima nuclear accident in Japan. The disaster happened seven years ago, and now French scientists say that a radioactive isotope is turning up in bottles of California wine. Live Science reports the man-made isotope is called cesium-137, but... They also say it's not really a big worry. California Department of Public Health says there are no safety concerns associated with the discovery. The World Health Organization says radioactive traces found in food or beverages outside of Japan are too low to be dangerous. That's uh, terrifying. If it's in the grapes in California, mm. imagine what it did to the fish. Yeah. Well, you're also eating lots of microplastics when you eat fish, too, so... Yeah, but those are good. <laughs> they are. Yeah. They clean you out. Those are good for you. Delicious. They're like a scrubber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Police say a man arrested for working out naked at a Planet Fitness gym thought it was a judgment-free zone. Yeah, why are you guys, why are you guys being such <laughs> j- jags here? I mean, He's, he set off the junk alarm. 34-year-old <laughs> Eric Stago is facing charges of indecent exposure and disorderly conduct after allegedly... Prancing around this past Sunday at a New Hampshire Planet Fitness naked before stretching out on a yoga mat. <laughs> As he was being led away in handcuffs, he allegedly brought up the gym change uh, judgment-free zone advertising slogan. <laughs> False advertising. False advertising. Oh, my. They tell you what you can and can't wear there. Like, I got to walk through at a Planet Fitness once. And they tell you, like, you can't wear uh, those spaghetti strap, like, Gold's Gym muscle tanks. Like, you can't... Would that show your nipples? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, you can't wear, you can't wear, like, I don't know, a bandana with flames on it or something. I don't know. I I mean, the, the stuff that they had 
that they were outlawing. They were basically trying to not be like the meathead gym. Yeah, the lunk alarm. Yeah. So if you grunt, <laughs> an, a, a, an alarm actually goes off above your head. Oh, that's so funny. That's so like funny. if you throw the weights down, wah, 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 wah. That guy is probably suing Burger King, too. You said I could have it my way. <laughs> well, I wanted it on top of my abdomen while I was naked on the counter. <laughs> the co-creator of Adult Swim's Rick and Morty animated series is apologizing for a 2009 video sketch that shows him molesting a baby doll. Dan Harmon said in a statement yesterday, the video he made nine years ago aimed to parody the serial killer series Dexter, but only succeeded in offending. Harmon apologized and said nobody should ever have to see something like that. Spokesperson for Comedy Central's Adult Swim said in an email that Harmon recognized his mistake and has apologized, and he understands there's no place for that type of content at Adult Swim. Like, I don't think this guy should lose his career or anything like that. Um you know, because this is the thing that's going on now where people are digging through your past and trying to come up with, you know, offensive stuffs that will affect you going forward, like the James Gunn thing that happened at Disney recently. Yeah. But Dan Harmon is a, there's something, there's something off about Dan Harmon. Mm-hmm. He reminds me of Roseanne a little bit. A little bit. Just Roseanne little. is the extreme. Roseanne is ill. A little unstable. I mean, I think if, if that video served to do anything this past weekend for Roseanne. It's just to show people that she's not okay. I thought the bitch was white! God damn it! I thought the bitch was white! When you make your own PR video and you go, yeah, that's the one I want, go with that. Maybe you're not thinking clearly. And Dan Harmon has a history of doing really stupid, like, not argumentative, just he's... He's his own, yeah, and he just says the wrong thing, and he's kind of an a-hole, I guess, is really the best way to say it. Yes, I've heard heard that a bunch. Yeah. Like, people don't enjoy working with him at all. Right. And I watched the series of Dexter. I don't remember a baby getting molested, or a baby doll. I mean, a lot of people got murdered. A lot of people. Whew. Yeah, I think it was a terrible, stupid joke, one in a long line of stupid jokes that he's probably made, like anybody else who's aspired to make comedy. You make bad decisions occasionally, or things don't, in retrospect, seem very funny at all. But at the time... What happened with James Gunn? Like, I caught the, the very end of that. I mean, I saw some of the tweets people were screenshotting, but why did he, why did, like... Why did he get doxxed? I don't know. Cernovich and that Jack Probesiak, whatever that guy's name is. Okay. Those like alt-right troll guys, they just went after him and dug up a bunch of stuff. So then Disney was like, okay, we can't have this going forward. So now there's this whole movement of people like, oh, well, Disney, you better scrap a lot of the stuff for a lot of the people you've used before. Bobcat Goldthwait recently asked them to take his voice off of an upcoming attraction which would feature the voice he did in the movie Hercules, because mm-hmm. he said, I made lots of off-color and horrible jokes that I regret telling back in the day, and I don't want you guys to um, feel uh, you know, uh, like you're hypocrites here, so get rid of me, too. And oh, by the way, James Woods is in that. You might want to go look at some of the stuff he said. Oh, by the way, are you still making movie uh, money from the movie Powder, which was directed from 
by the um, the I can't remember the name of the guy. It was somebody in Hollywood that got caught up in the whole uh, Me Too, the Me Too thing. But I think he was actually this guy was like actually a pedophile. Oh, and he got busted, and then Hollywood let him back in. So. You know, Bobcat was attempting to show, like, hey, if you're going to keep doing this, it doesn't end. Right. You're just going to be ripping down all the stuff that you put up in the past. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It's just we live in the ugliest time. Finally, Sir Paul McCartney is gearing up for the September 7th release of his new album, Egypt Station, by returning to Abbey Road Studios. Yesterday, McCartney performed four new songs at the Fame studio where the Beatles recorded. Uh, those were recorded for a future broadcast. Forecast today, pretty much the same. Warm and humid, chance of showers and thunderstorms, low 80s for the high. It's 71 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show, and uh, we'll have Mark Caboli on a little bit later on from the Athletic Talking Steelers. He's got a list in his newest column of Steelers that need to kick ass this year in order for them to get to the next level. Look, they're, mm. they're in a situation where they got to win now. This is probably the last year for Lev Bell. Ben? Probably one of the last years for Ben. For sure. And how many more years is AB going to be able to operate at at a high level without getting injured? Who knows? Got to make hay while the sun's shining, Bill. To me, it comes down to the other side of the ball. Like, that defense has to be good. It cannot be... Can't be terrible. Horrendous. Which is what they were in that playoff At the game. end of last season. The we need the steel keep... curtain. Yeah, exactly. That's like, what we need. Like the Kennywood ride. Mike Pursuta will have your sports coming up here uh, also, and we'll talk Buckos who just keep on winning. Kansas gets us going. DVE. Craig Shoemaker can do so many different voices, and I, I saw something in the news the other day that just made me laugh because I thought about you. I don't know why this made news, but Patrick Stewart... <laughs> Had his first piece of pizza, and they put it. What? Like, that, that was the news item. What was that a you know the guy item? from Star Captain Picard. Item. He had his first piece of pizza, and they did he, there was did a he die. Pic- no, I, no, there was a picture of him eating pizza. It must have been at like Joe's on Bleecker or wow. something. And and it was, desperate for news that day. I couldn't believe it was news. Apparently, but, but, Kim Kardashian didn't have a sex video that day or something. I started howling just thinking of you, and I knew wow. you were coming in. Oh yeah, Patrick, uh, we and I go way back. Yeah. Well, we, I don't know if you. Guys guys know the story but we did a movie together you know he's the guy from you know who he is right yeah star trek captain yeah. picard not only that he was the, the x-men he was the x-men guy in the that's wheelchair. right yeah yeah so he's a pretty big guy and he's a regal yeah. shakespearean actor right and they put us as best friends in a movie <laughs> and i am playing the chuckle hut you know <laughs> with the shakespearean guy yeah, yeah, and right. i'm playing literally i'm playing uh a shopping center in homestead this weekend right? <laughs> <laughs> you know you know that you know the patrick stewart doesn't have that on his resume i played a shopping center <laughs> across from rock bottom <laughs> you know, i was doing king lear <laughs> next, to a, next to an old smokestack <laughs> engage no he's not doing that he's not doing that right so they put us with each other i don't know where they came up with this mix but they said you're gonna be his best friend in this movie i said okay it's great and at first day on the set they go do an impression of him he'll love it so i said okay it'll be an icebreaker I go, make it sound number one. He looks at me. And he literally said to me, go do your little comedy skit elsewhere. He called it a, a little a comedy little, skit. Tiny. This is a little thing. Go do, do your little comedy skit in a shopping center wherever you go. <laughs> if you watch if you watch the movie, though, you will see his thoughts on me. 
okay, that he got back at mm-hmm. me. He was training during the movie, kept lifting weights between scenes. So this guy's really buffing up. I wonder why. You know why? So he could beat me up. <laughs> they brought, they, they go, they, we had a fight scene. And they go, oh, here's your stuntman. And he goes, I don't need a stuntman. Do you, Craig? <laughs> he like humiliated me. And he went Philly on me. He goes, I don't need one. I think we can handle our own. Craig, can you? I'm, I'm standing there with the stuntman next to me. I go, yeah, you can take a day off. <laughs> me and Patrick are going to duke it out. So in the movie, he takes the opportunity. Where boom, boom, boom. He kicks me. He kicks me in the head into a fern. <laughs> Watch the movie. I tumble into a fern. That ain't that ain't a stunt, man. And that ain't and it's real. He goes and then he goes. I think we need a take two. <laughs> he just wanted to kick your ass. He wanted to kick my ass again. Yeah. And he kicks my ass again. You can watch the movie. It's called Safe House. Not the new Safe House. It's an old Safe House from 98. Oh, man. So anyway. The uh, new Safe House. But, but yeah, it's not the new one. This one's better. <laughs> he plays He plays a guy with Alzheimer's. That's always a scream. <laughs> <laughs> That's always going to put a comedian with a guy with Alzheimer's. Really casting. something? Yes, I did, Craig. It's a part of the script. <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, <laughs> so I, so I loosened him up one time. I went, Phil on him because I, I, I thought to myself come on he can't really be this regal mm-hmm. you know what I mean he's got to be like a, a real guy like all of us like the Yenzes and the Phillies the Yizzes we're Yizzes Yizzes and Yenz <laughs> so I said hey Patrick we're taking a break we're working together like a month now at this point I go hey Patrick did you ever do what you used to do when we were kids in Philadelphia you ever like you know you're checking out your package <laughs> you know it's brand new it's getting all sorts of things down there and you, then you're in front of a full length mirror you're naked you don't know what to do so you tuck it back by your rear end you do a little <laughs> silence of the lambs you see what you look like as a woman did you ever do that back in England when you were growing up there did you ever give yourself a mangina <laughs> I swear to God he goes yes Craig I've done a mangina everybody has you're naked in bed one leg goes over it disappears you have a mangina. <laughs> I go, that's great. That's fantastic. So now we're one of the same. All right. So I go, did you ever do Rocket Man? He goes, what's Rocket Man, Craig? I'm intrigued. <laughs> I go, well, when you, if you're circumcised, you tuck it back into the launch pad, you, it disappears, and it's gone. You go, five, four, three, two. <laughs> And it's back, and you have a rocket. Then he goes, goes, that's fabulous. Let's go home and do Rocket Man. Engage! (laughs) Make it so. So he finally did loosen up. Now, I told you that story, right? And I told this story in Detroit. He now does, you know, they do those call-ins. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. what the celebrities do. They they sit in their hotel room, and they bang out phone calls all over the country, Mm -hmm. one after another after another. He calls. He's promoting King Lear, of course, Shakespeare on TBS. And they go, and he's he wants he's got his little pitch down, you know. He wants to talk about King Lear, and they're going. You ever, do you remember working with Craig Shoemaker? <laughs> you hear this pause. He goes, "Oh yes, oh yes, Craig. He's quite a kidder." And I and they go, "Did you ever have a story?" And they played it for him, and he's and he kept trying to come back. And he go, "Do you ever do a man giant?" He goes, "So playing King Lear was a lifelong dream. <laughs> I, was, I couldn't wait to play King Lear." And it's on TBS this weekend. How about the Rocket Man? <laughs> and they came back to it. Please. And they played it back for me, listening to him, listening oh. to this. It was a nightmare. Oh, It's funny yeah, when it's you're in the moment. We're telling <laughs> right. jokes and stuff, but not when the guys actually listen. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Sports is out brought to you by Xfinity from Comcast. Even the rain can't cool off the Pirates. Last night's game in Cleveland started late and ended early, but 
Uh, the Pirates made the most of the opportunities they got and beat the Indians seven to nothing. Seven. Seven. In six innings. Against the Cy Young winner. Two, two times Cy Young, but who's counting? Jeez Louise. The Indians uh, not backing up starter Corey Kluber very well. Let's go to the top of the second. The Pirates have a runner at first and one out, and uh, Josh Bell hits a uh, ground ball to second baseman Jason Kipnis that should be a double play grounder, except Kipnis fumbles around with it. They eventually get the force out at second, but instead of Kluber getting off the mound and the inning being over, it's two outs and a runner on first. No problem because Kluber induces David Freese to pop up in the infield. Wait, there is a problem. First baseman Yonder Alonso collides with third baseman Jose Ramirez. The ball falls. Everybody's safe. Second time the Indians should have been off the field and the inning should have been over. Pirates are still cooking. From there, Josh Harrison. Welcome back, Jay Hay. Three-run home run. Jordy Mercer a double. Corey Dickerson a walk. And uh, Starling Marte an RBI single. There's your fourth spot in the second. The Pirates uh, never look back. Neil Huntington just tearing up the... Tearing up the program. Yeah. Ah, son of a... I still think it's Nutting, not Huntington. I think Huntington's the guy that's clapping. And, like, uh, might be able to add, Chief. We might H- be able to add. Huntington's looking at him. Or, uh, Nutting's looking at him and going, shut up, Neil. He might be right. That's yeah, ten- Neil Huntington is Charlie in this one, yeah. right? Yeah. Mrs. McClatchy will never allow that to happen. Ten in a row for the Pirates. First time uh, that they have won ten in a row since June the 26th through July the tw- July the 5th, 2004. I mentioned that because in 2004 the Pirates went 72-89. and 89. So a ten-game winning streak is no precursor to great things. But, boy, it sure is fun to watch, isn't it? It's getting more fun with each win. Uh, it, it just might cost them or keep them from from dumping everybody. He might not be able to have as big of a fire sale as he was going to. I think this like winning streak at a bare minimum might keep Bob Nutting from be a, being able to have a short-term financial win by just selling off the farm, making up for uh some tickets that weren't sold by dumping yeah, some salary. Right. right. And that's that's good enough for me. That that would be a <laughs> national story I think at this point if they keep rolling the way they are. The Mets are coming to town. The Mets are hideous. Yeah, they should be able to make uh, quick work of them. If, if you're approaching the trade deadline and uh, you've won 14 or 16 or something like that, you can't possibly detract from the team, can you? Well, you have to think at that think point so. where they would be in terms of the wild card is really what matters. Well, we've got the second wild card, but we really don't believe it's real. And that's just it. They might actually be in a wild card spot at that point in time. And then realism is faded to pessimism. <laughs> that's great. We're dumping. This, uh, one, this wasn't going to last. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. And, and uh, we've switched like, it from suck to blow. <laughs> <laughs> reverse course. Reverse course. Abort. Abort. Cubs lost last night. Pirates are seven games out in the division, four and a half behind the second place Brewers in the wild card. They're still four out. Uh, it's Milwaukee and Philly currently in possession of the wild cards. Philly has the second, and then Arizona one back, Colorado two back, and the Pirates four back. Another in Cleveland tonight, and uh, this time the 
pitching matchup favors the Pirates. You had to like Kluber going against Trevor Williams last night. Didn't work out that way, but Trevor Williams, I thought, had a tremendous game. Tell you what, six shutout innings, and he got out of first. He got out of bases loaded, one out in the sixth, uh, which turned out to be his last inning. He's now thrown eleven scoreless innings over his last two starts. But uh, tonight it's Joe Musgrove against rookie Shane Bieber, and then uh, the series will. Finish up in Cleveland on Wednesday afternoon. Jamison Tyone against Trevor Bauer. Well, that's a good matchup. Ten in a row for the Pirates. Let's make it 11, Buckos. Let's you, make it 11. You figure it out. Uh, the ACC has released its preseason media poll for the 2018 football season. Clemson uh, got 145 of 148 first place votes. Uh, Clemson predicted to win the Atlantic Division. Miami is your. Uh, Presumptive Coastal Division champion Pitt. Uh, the media expects a fifth-place finish for Pitt in the Coastal. And uh, Clemson got 139 out of 148 votes uh, in terms of uh, who's going to win the ACC championship. Pitt didn't get any votes there. Can he pick it, though? There's a lot of excitement. The quarterback who, yeah. uh, who felled Miami. Uh Looking forward to seeing how that unfolds. And uh, Pitt Basketball released its non-conference schedule for the upcoming season. Uh, Things will get started against Youngstown State on November the 6th. Pitt will play Duquesne at PPG Paints Arena in the city game on November the 30th. Panthers are at West Virginia on December the 8th. Ten in a row. Ten. An absolute bomb by Jay Hay, too. And what, 13 out of 14? 10 in a row, 12 out of 13, 13. 16 out of 24. They've been on fire. Can't detract. Can't. Can't sell. Oh, you'd think they shouldn't or they couldn't, but it's Bob Nutting. Well, that would take some stones, wouldn't it, at this point? That guy doesn't care. He's got really big stones. I did find it interesting. uh, They were really pushing hard uh, on the broadcast last night. Uh, The Pirates have waived fees for a couple of days on tickets bought. So now you just have to pay for your ticket, not the 17th service fees. Uh, That's not for the rest of the year. That's for a brief period. For a select number of games. But, uh, boy, Browning was really pushing that Mets series coming up this weekend hard, you know. Come out and see the. He's stadium. gonna have an aneurysm. Pack the place. Wouldn't it be nice to see the stadium packed this weekend? I mean, they kept. Wayne they kept, was talking. Yeah. About, could that signal that they have decided? All right, to hell with it. We're staying with it. Let's try to sell some tickets if we got to pay for this crap. Brownie. <laughs> and hits a fly ball to left field. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. How about the lumber company? The Buckos. Josh Harrison is back in the lineup, and the Pirates lead three to nothing. Another home run. Incredible. His fifth with two strikes. No less. Great no Brown. He's feeling it. Imagine what it'll do to him if they sell everything off. Oh! Do it for Brownie, man. Oh! Do it for Brownie. BTO DBE. Randy Bauman and the DV Morning Show. Val Porter, Bill Crawford here. Have you guys noticed that it's not just one or two places downtown or out on the East End that have these brick oven pizza places available? It's a hot thing. Oh, yeah. Everybody has one. So, do you know what the deal is with the brick oven pizzas? Um, that they cook in like five seconds? 
Yeah. Right. But so there's a study that was published yesterday about this. That, Don't tell me they're bad. No. Because I've been eating a lot of those pizzas. <laughs> no, I, I I am just interested to note why they have taken on so much popularity. Like, you know, aside, aside from them being delicious, because they're delicious. Yeah, it's a little bit of a different flavor. A little smoky. Yeah. Right. Well, here's why they taste, look, feel, whatever the consistency of those pizzas are what they are. Uh, the pizzaolas, you know, the pizza makers, they uh, they they brought together a bunch of these for this study. Uh, and basically, it wasn't so much a study as it was them like, explain to us why. Why is it worth the brick oven? Why can't you make one in your oven at home, Val? Because it doesn't not get brick. hot enough. Doesn't get it, it'll get hot enough. It's just a matter of where it will get. You can get an oven that will get that hot, but it's metal versus brick. The brick conducts the heat better. Yeah, and it's the way that it conducts the heat. The so more even for that kind of the brick oven pizza, usually it's two minutes at six hundred and twenty six degrees Fahrenheit. A Neapolitan pizza is usually bake even higher temperature, seven hundred degrees. You get a Viking stove or something like that. I guess you could approach that, but seven hundred degrees not going to happen in your. I've never kitchen. taken my uh, my <laughs> on a my ride stove that high. To, yeah, I've never gone to that speed. But I'm not sure if the regular pizza ovens do that. Well, the point is that the same settings in conventional steel ovens produce less than ideal results because of the way that the heat's conducted. So you burn the dough before the surface of the pizza even reaches a boiling point so it's not good you know the crust is already burnt you're not cooked on top so it's part of why those brick oven pizzas are so delicious the key difference is that the brick transfers the heat much more slowly to the dough so a brick oven pizza which is heated at 626 degrees will heat the crust to 392 degrees while the pizza top receives indirect heat from the oven and that stays at 212 degrees, so the water and all the moisture and everything mm -hmm. boils off the pizza. You just get the cheese and tomato sauce reduction kind of, you know? Mm -hmm. That's where you get that taste that you're talking about and the smokiness of it all. After about two minutes, it's perfect. It cooks even that way. That's why the brick ovens kick ass, and the regular ones, you gotta. The, those pizzas are never going to taste the same. Got to get a brick oven for the house. <laughs> The same pizza in a steel oven will hit 572 degrees because the metal transfers heat more rapidly than brick, and that's too high for the dough, so it just burns. So that's it. You can't cook stuff at the same temperature. I know this might not seem too revealing to you, but like I'm... Hey, I'm into it. I'm, I mean, I'm curious. I've, I've been curious to find out why so many different people were cooking brick oven now. They're all over the place. And they only take two minutes. That's the other thing. I mean, once you order a pizza, you can get those things, sling them out really quick. The problem is they get super, super hot. There have been at least two places in town that have had fires with brick oven pizzas. One oh. in Market Square. I think the Church Brew Works have a fire there, too. Um, oh, my. A long time ago. Yeah. Ooh. 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 Whoa. That's a hot pizza. That's a hot pizza. So you got to be careful. You can't just put one of these up in your uh, in your uh, in your cabin and cooks forest or anything like that. You know, you got to make sure OSHA is involved or whatever the regulatory agency is that makes sure yeah, you don't burn right. places down. Case has one in his backyard, like on his patio, and he was like, he's like, dude, I love this thing. 
He's like, we fire this thing up. I have we have pizza parties for the kids. Like, yeah. come over and make your own pizza. Make your own brick oven pizza. I bet they taste. Oh my god, unbelievable. Yeah. It's like, go ahead, screw yours up. I'm making one over here. So when you're paying $30 for one of those pizzas or 20 or 15 or whatever, which seems like an exorbitant yeah. amount for a pizza that comes mm-hmm. out in two minutes, just remember, you're paying for the brick. Yes. You're not paying for brick the ingredients. You're paying for the oven. Also, those ovens are not big. So you can't, like, they're not, you can't just throw a bunch of pies in there. Like, it's, it's kind of like one or two at a time. Right. I've never seen, like, a ton of them in there at the same time. I do like that, um, because there are so many of them now, that for a brief period of time, there was, like, uh, there's only, like, six or seven of them around town, so everybody that was working the brick ovens looked like Nicolas Cage and Moonstruck. <laughs> you know, there's, like, some authentic sort of Italian heritage being upheld mm-hmm. there, and now there's a hundred of them, so there's just, like, dudes in steeler bandanas, <laughs> like, date your pies, almost done! <laughs> That's like when uh, there was a club downtown that used to have uh, sushi, but, like, before, like, this town was full of sushi chefs, and uh, I remember there being a dude down at Deja Vu. Do you remember that place, Deja oh, Vu, yeah. in Strip District? Yeah. Area 51. They sold sushi. And I just remember there was a guy back there, and he had like uh, he had a, a Steelers bandana on, and he would just be like, Who had the Unabi? <laughs> he got the Unagi. What's he's, it called? He's California rolls already. Yeah. He's got the Cali rolls, huh? <laughs> <laughs> But I love those places. My God. I, Actual bricklayers are serving pizza now? Well, and now that's I my question the to you about so the- So I figured, what the heck? The brick oven pizza versus the regular pizza. Do you feel like you've gotten your pizza fix when you eat brick oven pizza? You're like, oh, I really wanted pizza. That really quelled uh, my- Yeah. For some reason, I feel like it's healthier. It fe- it ta- it's a lot it's lighter. Fresh ingredients and yeah. Yeah. But I see, I like to have a New York style pizza. I like to have thin crust, crust, big pizza. Also, I feel like they're just a little bit different. Just enough where a Fiori's hits a different button for me than a brick oven pizza. Well, the Fiori's is much more substantial. We're talking uh, like a heavy pizza. You know, those brick oven pizzas, two bites, you're at the crust. Well, same thing with like a slice pizza, though. If you eat yeah. slice, I can eat like four slices of their pizza. Yeah, because it's thin, thin crust and it's yeah. delicious. It's and and that gives me a different fix than the brick oven pizzas. The other thing about um. brick oven pizzas that I'm going to come out against, <laughs> where conventional pizzas are better, re- reheating. It's no good reheated. Doesn't reheat that well. Huh. It just doesn't. You got to have a brick oven to reheat it. I don't. I don't know because I they they don't last with me. They don't make it out of the restaurant. Well, that's my point is you have to eat the whole thing there. Oh, Taking it home is pointless. And I use I end up using the crust as breadsticks for if there's we got meatballs for the table <laughs> Oh, or they something. meant for guests when they come yeah. over. No, yes. no. Never don't mind, mind the, the teeth marks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we Please took, enjoy. We took Val to get cryotherapy yesterday after the show. We'll talk about that coming up a little bit later <laughs> on this morning. Mm-hmm. And also uh, parents who are trying a new trend, non non-gender pronouns for their kids they have twins called babies that's what they're calling them babies right now what? and this just may I, be just what stop, what is stop. we need to all just come down on this to make it stop before it becomes a thing yeah yeah i think you can tell people who say that that they're idiots yeah 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 but like babies is not a gender term it's like it's like people it's like puppies no those are thuppies <laughs> 
Vapies. <laughs> oh, that sounds bad. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the tests came back. I'm afraid you're riddled with vapies. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have going on? Uh, we're going to talk about a Dukes of Hazard star uh, facing the law. And uh, we'll also talk a little bit about a guy who made his very own Iron Man suit. And oh, yeah. You can have one if you want. Perfect. Mark Caboli from The Athletic talking Steelers 715. Your weather center 11. It's 72 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. U.S. officials think Russian hackers breached utility company networks. The Wall Street Journal Wrong. reports that Russian state-sponsored hackers known as Dragonfly or Energetic Bear Access the control rooms of U.S. electric utilities. The hacking effort used spear phishing emails to steal passwords from workers at utility suppliers. We are doomed. This you know who's is pretty the most, scary. I know, man. This is crazy. They're our friends. He, Putin would not do this to us, so don't worry. How can they access this remotely? That's the thing I don't understand. I guess because everything network. is on, yeah, on networks. And they can just hack into those. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I don't understand why we don't have paper ballots and they have any voter voting machines that are accessible remotely, which the majority of them now are. Why? Why? I mean, you could have watched war games in 1984 and known that this was a bad idea. But if they control our uh, our grid. Our, yeah, we're in deep trouble. For, the power grid, we're done. We're shut down. Screwed at the mer- say goodbye to your bank account if they want to. I also. forget what what documentary I was watching, but you know it was sort of ringing the alarm as documentaries like to do about you know how vulnerable our power grid is. Somebody could really wreak havoc. Forget flying a plane into a building as a terrorist threat. The like, country would shut down. The, what would people do after a couple days? It would be like the purge. Yeah. Well, I've been at purge practice for the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Me and a bunch of guys, we get together, just do our purge moves. Where do you just go? It's into part like of the PSL. In- we play kickball, and then we do purge. <laughs> okay. thought it was like the uh, the giant eagle on Southside. <laughs> that, that, that feels like Just to practice. That's- oh, my God. What happened in here? I love that. You talk to anybody who lives in the Southside and ask about that giant eagle down there, and they're always like... Ooh, you got to be in the right state of mind to get in there. <laughs> See, well, the one Washington- I go to is like a small one. So I go to the small one out here. Mm-hmm. And that one, sometimes you have to really, you got to be on your oh, yeah. P's and Q's, as my grandma used to Parking say. Parking is tight. But that the store one, is tight. Park, parking is tight. Side, you gotta, yeah, you can, there's not a lot of room for error. You can really crash carts quickly. I mean, the one in the south side feels like it's a, a rescue mission. <laughs> It's like Black Hawk Down when you go in there. (laughs) All right, move, move, move. Seattle, Washington is at the top of a new list of best and worst big cities to live in. WalletHub.com ranked 62 cities throughout the U.S. based on affordability, economy, safety, education, and health and quality of life. Seattle, the best overall, number one in uh, economy and education and health. Rest of the top five are Virginia Beach, Austin, San Francisco, and San Diego. Pittsburgh ranked 17th on the list. Wallet Hub, Hub says the worst big city to live in is Detroit. Ooh. Some rich guy in England has engineered an actual Iron Man suit that's capable of reaching speeds of over 30 miles per hour and getting to an altitude of 12,000 feet. <laughs> the suit, suit can uh, yeah. supposedly fly for about four minutes, which... Probably not. How do you get to twelve thousand feet in four minutes? I don't know. 
illegally, right? That can't be legal. Especially You'd have to contact at, the FAA. Especially at 30 miles an hour. Yeah. How does he know. know it can last? He hasn't been at 12,000 feet with that thing yet. Hell no. Uh... Was that the video that Billy posted something about the other day on Twitter about the guy like flying down the street, like doing a promo of it, of the Might suit? Might have been. I didn't, I didn't see, see it. it. Oh my god! And he he was basically saying like, you know, they ain't making this in a triple XL. I'm <laughs> I'm screwed. <laughs> the Billy Gardell Iron Man suit. Uh, <laughs> if you great. want one of these, it's uh, going to set you back six hundred thousand dollars. Oh, that's it. So you have to be. Tony Stark rich to buy it. A former Dukes of Hazard star learning his sentence for inappropriately touching two cast members of a musical that he starred in. Tom Wopat pleaded guilty in a Waltham, Massachusetts Whoa, courtroom on Friday for two counts of annoying and accosting a person of the opposite sex. He played Luke Duke in the 80s TV show. He was charged last August. The women who accused him say it happened during rehearsals for a musical at Waltham's Regal Music Theater in which Wopat was starring. He was sentenced to a year probation. He was initially charged with indecent assault and battery, which are both felonies as well as cocaine possession. Uh, but the felonies were dropped as part of the plea deal. Uh, Roscoe uh, came in and arrested. What do we got here? Some booger sugar? <laughs> Look, if annoying the op- a member of the opposite sex is a crime, lock me up for life. I mean, I, I could be doing some seriously hard time. I'm, I- I've annoyed a lot of women. Former porn star Stormy Daniels' husband wants a divorce. I didn't even know she was married. She's married. Glendon Crane, uh, the husband of the woman who says she had sex with Donald Trump about a dozen years ago, has filed for divorce in Texas. He was granted a temporary restraining order so Daniels can't take their seven-year-old daughter on her nationwide bus tour of strip clubs. Oh, man, they have a daughter. Ah. Well, yeah, don't you remember she, she said that she had her baby in the car and that's when she got threatened? Yes. Oh, yeah. In Las Vegas. I don't know why. I just always block that out. I don't think yes. of porn stars as as, as moms. Yeah. <laughs> Trump's former attorney. they play moms in a lot of their movies. Yeah, MILFs. Yeah. Michael Cohen paid Daniels 130 grand shortly before the 2016 election to keep quiet about the affair that she says she had with Trump in 2006, which is one time an affair. No. Yeah, she had sex with him at a golf outing. Right. Yeah, the, the no. Playboy model had an affair with him. Yeah, that was like a year-long thing, according to her. that picture where Trump is hugging Melania and Ivanka, and the Playboy model is like two people down. There's like six people in the picture. Is that real? And they're like, all, all the people, all of his loves in one picture. Oh, that'd be like the Infinity Wars poster. <laughs> <laughs> 70 people. <laughs> Stormy's over there in the corner. <sighs> and lines expected to be long at lottery outlets today. The Mega Millions jackpot is up to $512 million. So go get your tickets. You you got your ticket, Val? I don't. Do Take, you play you can, the lottery? When it gets big like this, I do. Yeah. I don't expect to win, but, you know, get in on it. Uh, tickets will be sold until 9.59 p.m. Winners announced at 11 p.m. Everybody says they don't expect to win. But when you buy the ticket, in your head, a little thing's going on where you're going, oh, man. I mean, it could happen. <laughs> well, yeah. It, somebody it, it could. Win it. I mean, it's, I know it's not going to, but it it could. 
It's possible. And you just start going out in a blaze of glory like, I'm telling that person to F off forever. I'm telling that person to F off You just off get on forever. Amazon and just order everything in anticipation of it. <laughs> I just start thinking about all the places I would buy houses. The moon? No, not the moon. <laughs> but maybe. <laughs> Italy? No. That wouldn't move Nowhere to else. All in the U.S. Where would you buy a house? Probably like uh, maybe Eerie. Wyoming. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, see, farm. Like, I thought it was going to be practical. No, like uh, she, Big Sur. She's like Franklin. We're like, you could do that now. Franklin, yeah, probably. Get a place in Moraine, State Park. I might buy Franklin. Big Sur is beautiful. Yeah. Gorgeous. That's where those houses that they had in uh, uh, Big Little Lies, that's where they were. I still have not seen that. I heard it was really what? good. What? Don't get mad at me. There's a lot of TV. It's only like eight of them. You could binge that. They're an quick. hour apiece, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I, sure I'll be getting sick one of these days. Work day. I'll, I'll just spend the day watching that. Looking ahead to your next debilitating illness. Yeah, I usually do. That's how I mark things like that. Like, I was hoping for a major surgery so I could knock off Game of Thrones. Oh, my God. Why would you even start that? How many seasons is that? It's like eight? Eight. And it's, I mean, that's an undertaking, dude. Get It'll in go on faster Ozark. than you anticipate, though. Oh yeah! Once you get into it, you, you'll you'll be in a weird spot because you won't be able to talk to anybody about it because nobody's like reliving season one right. right now. But yeah, my brother and his wife did. I feel like you need to do it with somebody. You got to have a sounding board for it. To just start by yourself would be a bit maddening. I tried to get Serena to go back and watch it just because I wanted to watch it again so I could maybe understand some of it. And she was. She, I got her in for like three episodes, and then she. <laughs> Three fell off a cliff and died on impact. Dude, Ozark. It's one season. I'm I'm a, I'm Jason Bateman out right now. I need a little Jason Bateman free time. Game yeah. Night is a very funny movie though. He's in that. Okay, it is a good movie. Yeah, it's good uh, if you're looking for something to just stupid and lots of laughs. Game Night. Him and Rachel McAdams or yes. who else is in? Okay. Yeah, there, you would know a lot of people in the movie. It's very funny. Warm and humid showers and thunderstorms, possible low 80s for the high today. It's 73 at DBE. We're a week away from our Steelers training camp experience. The Be Like Mike contest and uh, our live from Steelers training camp. Uh, This year we're doing two broadcasts. We're going to go out on Wednesday after the show. Uh, We'll be there for the afternoon practice to do Mike's uh, show Wednesday night at Sharky's. The Mike, is it the Mike Pursuta show? No, those are uh, called Live from Latrobe. It's, Live uh, from Latrobe. Live Bob, from Bob Latrobe. Bob Lariola is also a co-host of that show. Nice. Wonderful. And then we're going to broadcast live from St. Vincent College Thursday morning and then uh, tape interviews on Thursday afternoon and run that on Friday. So you get a lot of Steelers next week. And in anticipation of that, Mark Caboli from The Athletic joining us right now. Mark, good morning. How are you? Pretty good. How are you guys doing? Doing all right, man. Uh, you had a uh, uh, great column yesterday uh, that got me pretty excited for Steelers season. And it's the, it's the uh, top 10 most important players for the Steelers to make a Super Bowl run. And at number 10, you had Vince Williams. And I don't think anybody would disagree with you here. If this guy can uh, be what we need him to be, I, I'm skeptical as to whether or not he'll be able to. He's a lot of talk. Um, I wish his uh, on-field performance resembled the amount of bravado he shows off the field, but you kind of illuminate us as to the reasons why he needs to be big in 2018. Yeah, you know, I I think he had a little bit of a bad rap last year. I mean, this was his first year as a starter, 
He had seven sacks, which was second on the team. He had, uh, I think, in the 80s in the tackles, which was second on the team. And, uh, you know, he had a pretty big uh, thing to overcome there at the late of the year from uh, being a guy who was following Ryan Shazier to the guy who was uh, basically called on to replace him. So I don't don't really understand why there's so much question surrounding him. Can he be better? Yeah, of course he can be better. Uh, This is a contract year for him. Which is always a good sign if you're uh, if you're a Steeler fan because players tend to play a little bit better when they know they're going to get paid next year mm-hmm. or could get paid next year. But mm-hmm. yeah, the problem there is uh, if Vince Williams somehow fails, there's not a lot of much. There's not much um, in the way of experience behind him. Okay, John Bostic, they signed him. You don't know what he can do. Uh, there's a reason why the Colts got rid of him. Matikavich looks like he could be a guy that can play on first or second down. He's a guy who'll knock your head off, but he's a little bit small and can't cover very well. So that's a very important position. And just like last year, it's very thin. You have an injury. You have somebody who doesn't live up to their expectations. And all of a sudden, you're you know you're worse off than you were last year. Yeah, yeah. if they have one more linebacker injury, they're going to have to go sign another safety, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, we didn't see anything during the spring that suggested that they were going to use any sort of hybrid linebacker. I'm sure that's going to change here coming up in the next week or so here. I think they just want to get those guys acclimated. But I think they're leaving their options open. If those guys tend to fail, then why not? Let's throw uh, Morgan Burnett up there around the line of scrimmage. Maybe even a guy like Marcus Allen, although he is a fifth-round pick, Terrell Edmonds. So uh, I think their options are open to that. Uh, at number nine, you have Marcus Gilbert, and I don't think anybody would disagree with you there, particularly since there is no Chris Hubbard left in the cupboard uh, this year. And uh, at number eight, Morgan Burnett, the new guy coming in, the new Mike Mitchell. Uh, it's not meet the new boss, same as the old boss, I hope, here, and a vast improvement over what we saw out of Mitchell last year, at least. That's what the Steelers are hoping for. Yeah, you know, Morgan Burnett's a guy, he's a veteran, been around the block once or twice, and, and I think he'll be able to play at the line of scrimmage a little bit to, to free up Sean Davis to play deep into coverage. And you know last year they gave up a whole ton of deep balls, and deep balls lead to easy scores and uh, leads to poor defense. So they're hoping Morgan Burnett helps with that and with some of the communication issues they did have last year, whether it was – Mike Mitchell, whether it was Vince Williams, whether it was Mitchell relaying things to Artie Burns or whatever it was. Um, So they're hoping that he can uh, fill in there pretty nice. And I think he's probably one of those guys under the radar that you need a pretty good season for if you want to, you know, make it to Atlanta here in February. Yeah, usually that's the kind of guy they let go when you get to be his age. And instead they yeah. went out. Instead they went out and got a guy like that. I'm not, you know, I'm not commenting on the move necessarily, but it's a little atypical. I think it's uh, uh they got they covered their rear end so to speak. They got a guy who's a veteran who can come in right now and play and not miss a beat. They got a guy for the long term future and Carol Edmonds as well. So I think they layered that in a way that if uh you know I mean Ed, I mean I mean Burnett, I think they only signed to a three year deal, probably like four four and a half million dollars. So it's not like they uh wasted a ton of money on him, but they needed somebody immediately. So I like that. I like when you you feel a, a, a need with a, a veteran free agency doesn't break the bank, but you have that backup plan in the long term and they, uh, a, a rookie like Edmonds. 
Number seven, you have Stephon Tuitt, and I think everyone would agree that him playing without having to overcome injury, which he did yes last year, uh, will be a big improvement for him, and hopefully not having to contend with uh, the torn bicep and the back issues yeah. that he had will really help him uh, have a uh, another year as a main disruptor there on the D-line. Number six, Joe Hayden. You know, he kind of <laughs> reminds me, there's like a Matt Cullen effect here. Like, uh, does he still have... Uh, is he, did we ring every last uh, down of football out of him, or he's got more to play? You know, I, I, I'm kind of surprised how he played last year, and he missed five games. But uh, I'm also surprised of how much work he puts in being able to train. You see that on some of his social media things that he does, and he hasn't been, you know, he's been banged up a couple of years. So I think that helps a lot. And I think a solid year from him, and I think what is he pushing? He's pushing 30 as well. And that just makes things a lot easier when you have a guy who can, you know, play that man coverage, that lockdown cornerback, someone you haven't really had since the Ike Taylor heydays of maybe a decade ago. So, yeah, Joe Hayden, I, I think he, he, he was shocked that he got cut by the Browns. A lot of people were shocked by he was cut by the Browns. But after he played like he did last year, you could tell the guy is a pretty good stud and, all of a sudden, that secondary doesn't look as bad. I mean, all of a sudden, you don't go into a training camp for the first time in about a decade and say, okay, our secondary is really, really questionable. Yeah, it looks pretty good with, you know, Ari Burns and Joe Hayden. I like Joe Hayden. I think he's a he's a wonderful person to deal with, wonderful locker room guy, and, and you know, a pretty good player still, too. At number five, the biggest question mark in my mind. I might have had this near number one. Randy Feekner. Because it's all unknown, and if he's not up to the task, it the 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 whole thing crumbles. Yeah, I think there, I think there are going to be some issues early on. I mean, you're going to have Le'Veon Bell showing up a week before camp. You're going to have, uh, you know, trying to replace a receiver. You got Juju, who's in the second year. And then after that, who else do you really have there? But he does have a lot of talent. He's not going to. He's he's not making any mistakes. Says. Let's blow this thing up. He knows what he has. It's just a he has Ben Roethlisberger to call the plays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Antonio Brown and right. Le'Veon Bell. I mean, it's, it's it's a pretty good situation to be in. The question is, is hey, he hasn't called a play since 2006, and I think they're running out of a spread formation for the like the three and ten Memphis Tigers. So that's an issue. I mean, it could be a positive as well though, because how much uh, some question marks, head scratching. Yeah, with Todd Haley last year with some of the maybe the goal line calls, some of the third down calls, short yardage calls. But uh, uh, plus, I mean, everybody loves him. So all of a sudden, that has to be a little bit better than Todd Haley as well. So yeah, that is a question mark because we, I mean, we just haven't seen anything mm-hmm. from him. What what does he do on you know third and two at the two yard line? I mean, does he run the ball? Does he throw the ball? What does he call? I mean, we, need, we typically knew what Todd Haley does. We don't know what. Randy Fickman does. Uh, number more, four, uh, more no huddle. You think, boom? I think so. I mean, you know why that? You know why that? Uh, Triv, the quarterback <laughs> likes it. Yeah. So, and that's all that's going to matter. Yeah. Every game is going to be, hey, coach, uh, how much more no huddle? And Randy's going to say, well, okay. I think, yeah, I think you're seeing a ton of it. Number- so who's who's Ben going to blame when it doesn't go well this time? He's only one person left to blame, huh? Todd Haley. <laughs> He's still going to blame Haley. Todd Haley. It's like, uh, it's yeah, it's like, you know, that's what they do in politics. You just blame the old guy, even if he's gone. It's He's the reason this all screwed up. Uh, Thanks, number, Obama. Number four, Le'Veon Bell. Is there any chance, 
that Le'Veon Bell starts to think, I have to preserve myself to make that money for another team next year? I don't think so, you know. I don't think he's built that way, not because he's a Sparty guy, because those guys are all high-quality individuals. Sure. Good <laughs> observation by you. Yeah. But I, I don't think he's going to do that. First of all, he still uh, has to make his money next year, so he's going to have to put together a huge season. And number two is that locker room's full of a bunch of strong personalities. For him to bag it, if he got a little bumpy toe, he has to go look at Marquise Pouncey in the eyes. He got to look at Foster in the eyes. He got to look at you know guys like that. And I don't think he's wired like that. So I don't think I think that's one of the last things you have to worry about him preserving himself. I mean, those guys are just not wired that way. They want to win, want to have their big yards. They want to be the number one on the NFL top 100 list. So I mean, it's interesting. I mean, if you're if you're four and ten in, in December, do all of a sudden a you know a pinky injury keep you out of the game? I don't think you have to worry about that with him. I think he'll give it your all when, whenever he gets there. Mark Caboli from the Athletic, and find out who his top three are. Log on to the Athletic. We link the uh, the the uh, the column on dve dot com. If you haven't got a subscription yet, I I recommend. It. I really dig the Athletic. I've been yeah, really liking everything that they offer and the layout. It's really easy to use and the great content too. So continued success to you, and uh, thanks for helping us get psyched for the start of Steelers camp. All right, we'll see you guys up there Wednesday. All right, man, we'll see you. Mark Caboli from The Athletic. Well, it'll be no surprise who the top three are, but, you know, we'll leave something to... Yeah, you know, my question with Bell, I don't think he would uh, jake it necessarily. Uh, now, Mark's point, you know, if it's if they're playing out the string at the end, then he's done. Right. But I got something in the back of my mind that, that says you're not supposed to be able to blow off the entire spring, the entirety of training camp, and then come in and be an all-pro. Yeah. And is it... Is it a reach to think that they maybe got a little lucky with that last year and you can't necessarily count on that happening no. again? You might be right. You might be right. All right, we got to take a quick break. Mike Pursuta coming back. Buckos continue to roll, and Nutting is getting closer and closer to having to realize that he might be dismantling a wild card team. Cha-Cha's going to have to start eating real dog food. <laughs> Pittsburgh.com. DVE Sports. Mike, proceeded with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, the Buckos refuse to lose. Sports is are brought to you by Citizens Bank. Uh, Greg Brown was calling them the lumber company last night, and with good reason. Knocking the ball all over the yard again in uh, what became a 7 to nothing 6-inning rain-shortened victory over the Cleveland Indians. But don't discount the effort of Trevor Williams, last night's starting pitcher, Let's uh, rewind to July the 6th. Trevor Williams got a start against the Phillies at home. He gave up five runs in two and a third innings. Uh, that went on to be a 17-5 to loss. That was the second time in four games the Pirates had given up 17 runs. <laughs> Williams looked awful. Uh, at that point, he fell to 1-5 and five in his last nine starts, and uh, the Pirates fell to 2-7 and seven in his last nine starts. Since then, he threw uh, five shutout innings against Washington in a 2 nothing victory before the All-Star break, and last night his first chance after the All-Star break. Six shutout innings, four hits, two walks and a strikeout. He finished his night by getting out of a bases-loaded one-out jam. Uh, 
to keep the tribe scoreless. He threw 54 of his 84 pitches for strikes. And uh, that's a guy who had a good second half last year, and he had a good start to the year this year, and then he really started to scuffle. But what if he finds his legs the way the offense has found its legs? And they've got some legs, Mike. Yeah. A lot of legs. And uh, All legs. Maybe uh, some sustainable components to what has now become a 10-game winning streak. I'm really having a fun time rooting against the ownership. It's it's added a whole different level for That's me. almost what it is at this point, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And it has been for the last couple of weeks and will be at least leading up to the trade deadline, right? Yeah, uh-huh. What if they get to the trade line and they keep it intact, add a guy, and they're right there? Then people start showing up. I know it, at times this year, they're, they, you know, the Pirates have shown themselves not to be great at playing baseball, but uh, I've I've always maintained that this team is incredibly likable. Like, well, just they have a, a whole cast of characters that are, I think, just good dudes. Here's how you know Fun it's about the owner. People are watching the games. Television ratings are big. They're not. They're not not paying attention to the Pirates. They're not spending money on the Pirates. Because they're frustrated with this is a the specific the team, yeah. Specific choice that Pirate fans are making. I'm not going to the games, but I'm watching, I'm following. Right. I mean, everyone I talk to, it's not like people aren't like, oh, I'm not even paying attention. People are still talking about the games, talking about the upcoming series. They know what's going on. Now, Look, if they drop the next two in Cleveland and then some, drop two out of three against the Mets and then there's a fire sale, well, I don't think anybody will pay attention. I, I think the ratings will go down. But if what you said happens and all of a sudden they add somebody, you know, it's you got to be realistic. They're not the Yankees. No huge no. move is going to happen. But it might be something to make them good enough to actually. Sometimes just a little complimentary piece if it's in the right spot. Can, but you know. just a, another starter that you can really count on. Bullpen's been pretty good throughout this uh, this winning streak. Yeah, the starting pitching has too, and so has the offense. It's uh, it's remarkable how it's all clicked. Uh, Trevor Williams went six innings last night. Uh, the Pirates improved to thirty three and seventeen. I would have had clue when the last starter night. goes at least six. Yeah, as would I. And because uh, they were clobbered, pri- Buckos were right? primed to give up a, a loss and to slow down a little bit, come back down to earth Indians against the Cy Young. Indians have been shut out the game before. You figure that good of an offense isn't going to stay quiet for right. very long. Uh, now all of a sudden, look at the dynamic of the series. You have Joe Musgrove, who's I mean his numbers three and four, four point oh eight. It's not great, but he has been dominating at times. He's looked very good at times. Look right like, until he doesn't. Yes, like the guy they wanted to mm-hmm. go get. Uh, he's opposed by rookie Shane Bieber tonight, who has very good numbers at 5-1, and 3.53, but he's still a rookie. And then uh, Jamison Tyone against Trevor Bauer in the series finale. Boy, can they get one of the next two in Cleveland and then come home and really fatten up on the Mets, who are wretched. Wretched. They are a sideshow slash train wreck. <laughs> How well, is that even possible? How can they? I be, know they just they fell from can grace. They be a, hey, it ain't easy. Big market team like that and just totally suck. You know when the last time the Dodgers won the World Series? Nineteen eighty-eight. Wow. Yeah, there's a big difference between not winning the World Series and being an absolute bleep. Show. There is, but I'm, but I'm, all the money that they spend and all the resources and all the stars they always have, and they, right. can't, they can't go all the way. I mean, it's hard to do. That's why you have a parade when somebody does it. 
Yeah, but the Mets are like a restaurant that can't get rid of the rat problem. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like well, you, you know don't even want to go. You know what you do when that happens? You start serving rat tattoo. Uh, there you go. Well, that's what they're <laughs> serving up for. Try you. the rat soup. Rats. I got rats for sale. <laughs> Pirates are seven games behind the Cubs in the NL Central. They're third in the division, and they are four behind Philly for the second wild card. Uh, Pitt is predicted to finish fifth in the ACC's Coastal Division. That by ACC Media. Clemson expected to win the Atlantic Division and the league championship. And uh, the Pitt basketball non-conference schedule has been released. You might want to mark your calendars for November the 30th. That's the city game against Duquesne at PPG Paints Arena. And on December 8th, at West Virginia. Glad to see him playing West Virginia. Hey, we're going to be going to Steelers training camp next week. You could be there with us. Be like Mike, the contest. Mike, we're, we're offering people a chance to be like you for two days, basically. Get two any si- takers? Do you, have you heard how so many, many have signed takers. up for this? No, I have not. Oh, dude, it's like, it's insane. It's one of the biggest contests we've ever had. I got to say that promo with uh, our man Brian Price, who's the best at that yeah. on the planet. That he little, really is. The, the little, just the little echo of Thunder Road while he's explaining what goes on. Just Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, I got a little tear. Two sideline passes for the Steelers afternoon practice Wednesday, August 1st. We'll be there with you. $100 gift card for the Steelers uh, Pro Shop. We'll spend that with you. $50 gift certificate for Sharkies. You'll be in the audience for Mike Pursuit's training camp show live from Latrobe Wednesday night. You get a one-night hotel stay and your hotel room will be made up to look like Mike's dorm room. Mike, what have we missed here? We have the uniform for it. We get, we're we going to su- supply them with cargo shorts, a Steelers golf shirt, a Michigan State baseball hat. In case of windy or inclement weather, a USA hockey jersey you might want to use to drape. Uh, Something from Robert Morris. There's a Springsteen poster, a coffee cup to be used as a tobacco spittoon, an American flag in the dorm room. Did we miss anything That's else? That's about it. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't wear the Steelers golf shirt, but I understand the yeah, fans I, would want that. Right. So I just want to make that. No, I understand. You don't. Be great if we had a WDVE golf shirt, wouldn't it? Be great if I had a WDVE golf shirt. A DVE t shirt would be nice. Oh, yeah. A bumper sticker. Well, let's not get greedy, guys. Is the coffee cup styrofoam or is it a mug? It's a mug. I, I, I do use the mug here. It's going to be pre spit. Like, at, it, it'll already have stains in it. Aged. So that's At camp, everything's styrofoam because they have a communal coffee area, but mm-hmm. that, that's, that works. They use styrofoam? Yeah. Wow. They haven't yeah. updated to paper products. No, Most of them more recyclable. The yeah, that's good. It's old school there. I like, to also, I like to get a fresh one every day up there. Well, you take joy in, in creating Using more, as many as I can. more waste. Yeah. Well, that's how you can be like Mike. You feel free to litter days, right, Mike? for two days <laughs> while you're there, too. You sit in with the DV Morning Show as we broadcast live from Steelers Training Camp Thursday morning, and you get two tickets to the Steelers-Titans preseason game Saturday, August 25th. But you got to register by this Thursday. So you have until uh, Thursday at 5 p.m. to register to be like Mike and enjoy Steelers training camp just like a sports writer would. Latrobe. How many seasons is this for you? This will be 32 since 1987. You'll only have 31 more to go to catch up with them. Be like Mike. It's Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. Val Porter, we've been trying to get her. Bill Crawford and I have been trying to get Val to, uh, to try cryotherapy because Bill and I both... We, we, we go to cryotherapy. We're true believers. I am a believer. I think if you can go, somehow, if you can get yourself there twice a week, you see, like, big benefits. And basically, it's three uh, three minutes. Three hours. <laughs> I wish it was three hours. Three minutes. I don't think we could. anybody could last three hours in there. 
I don't think you. I think stuff would start falling off. Yeah. But it's three minutes. You are in the the cryotherapy chamber. So yesterday we went down to cloud cryotherapy in the strip district. And Val, mm-hmm. you did your first cryotherapy session. I did. Proud my, of her. My, yeah. I had the over under. Yeah. At forty five seconds. Forty five seconds. Dude, you're wearing a hoodie and it's ninety degrees in here right now. Well, let me just tell you something. I came back here to the office yesterday afterwards, and it wasn't much warmer in here than it was in that cryotherapy tube. And were you shivering? It was freezing in here. Were you cold? No. Your body starts generating heat. Like that's I mean, that's why I've been trying to get you to go is because um cold immersion of any sort is good for your circulation because mm-hmm. it just forces your blood to start flowing right so you go below 100 minus 100 degrees celsius for two to four minutes you did just about two minutes yesterday i think i could have gone to yeah after Bill and I, I both did three minutes together wow. we huddled in the tube <laughs> yeah. it's cheaper that way shivered i said let's wear boxers bill said no get the full benefit i'm like you're right <laughs> let's play tummy sticks let's in dance here. cheek to cheek and mm-hmm. figure this out well wait a minute you guys have to wear underwear right yeah 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 you have to yeah and then you have to double up on the socks and the uh the gloves mm-hmm. and the gloves mm-hmm. so you go in there and uh all right some people say like the results after you sit in there for three minutes, are like nebulous, like ah, I don't know. But I think is there a cumulative? Yeah, yeah. I think you have to go a couple of times to really okay. But the circulation issues, you really improve your circulation big time. Also, it releases a lot of endorphins that are your body thinks it's under attack. Yeah. So it releases all these endorphins that, mm-hmm. in, in effect, have an anti-inflammatory effect on your body. Yes. Which is also good. It burns five to six hundred calories throughout the course of the day. Supposedly, I thought of that yesterday afternoon when I was eating three cookies. I'm like, <laughs> I burn all those calories in the cryo chamber. You got to bring those cookies to the cryo next time. <laughs> now there is some dispute as to how many calories it actually burns. You know, some people say it only burns a couple hundred, and some say no, no, no. The, the effect is much more profound than that. Yeah, didn't you tell me six hundred? Yeah, I did. I don't, I you know, I don't care about that aspect of it. Do I, I. I think a lot. Of, I've seen a lot of people go in there, like because I go to that place. A lot of people go in there for pain management. Mm-hmm. You know, pretty regularly. I don't. I don't know if it's covered under insurance. I'm guessing it's not. Probably no. not. Um, but what I what I use it for is because, like, what Randy was just saying, you it's basically a way to hack into your fight or flight, and w- without really being in in danger, you just make your if you're if you don't give your body like this is my philosophy that I'm kind of dealing with with cold immersion if you don't give your body something to fight it fights itself so I'm losing right and so my it, mind your, is losing your body will start to wreak havoc on itself if you don't you know so you, don't you do work this out, See, exercise I, do things like that so the, here are the benefits of doing of doing it and by the way you did very good I was very impressed I I wasn't as cold I as I it. thought I would be I told, you probably jacked yourself up like in terms of just like thinking about it like you were psyching yourself out and then you get in there and you're like oh it's not that bad here are the the professed benefits of doing that the advantages of cryotherapy pain relief muscle healing I honestly I attest to it I think it really helps recovery from workouts and stuff but you go regularly I try to go twice a week. It's not like getting a haircut. 
No. Where you go and you're done. No, for... no, no. It's like a pro. It's it has to be part of your routine. Yeah. It's only three minutes, so it doesn't take a big chunk out of your day. And well, that's, that's max. what it is. It's basically you're you're microwaving an ice bath. Uh, weight loss. That part again. I don't. I'm not so sure about that. Reduced inflammation for sure. Preventing dementia. Well, we'll see. So far, not so good. Uh, it says preventing and treating cancer. I'm not sure about any of that. Reducing anxiety and depression. Well, I think just because you get that rush. Yeah. And then treating migraine headaches, they say, it has also been proven to be effective uh, for that, too. But I don't know. Sure. My dad tell my niece she gets chronic migraines. But you weren't in pain. Wasn't in pain. Nothing fell off. <laughs> okay, so it what- It did take my breath away for just a second. Oh, really? Yeah, like at, at about... Cause he the said, nitrogen just, you have just to, swallow a big... <gasps> no, I don't think I did. I think I just started to not panic, but I was like... <gasps> but it was only like it was literally just a second. I took a deep breath and what, I was okay. What got the coldest? Can you say it on the air? My body part? Yeah. Probably for me, my was, thighs. Yeah. I was going to say my, my forearms and my knees get almost unbearably cold. Yeah, so any place you have a lot of inflammation, I think you feel it. Like my lower back, my you know I had that surgery on my left arm last year, so my left arm is still like all a mess. Mm-hmm. So that like I, I'll feel it there. But there are other things you can do. One of them is the infrared sauna. I've never tried that. What I know that? you've done that, right? Yeah, I did. I, infrared sauna. I don't. I don't know exactly what the infrared does, and maybe it's just like a lower temperature, so you can stay in there and sweat for longer. It's a, they say it's a deeper sweat. There, there's a sauna at my gym. And I try to go in there for 20 minutes a day. What I'm hoping is that eventually there'll be this Rube Goldberg machine of of recovery. Like a car wash? Regimen that you can just jump just, in and be... Everything's different. And you go through Hot, it. cold. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's just like on a Bugs Bunny cartoon. I did, I've had this kink in my neck for like a year. <laughs> and it, it did feel better yesterday. Ah, there you go. I could still feel it a little bit, but. For and, a year? Yeah, I just can't get Way it. Way to be right on top of that, Have you done Rose? hot yoga yet? No. You want to take her to a hot yoga? Uh, not particularly. <laughs> but, but I will, yeah. I have a great place, too. The place it's, on Butler or on uh, Penn Avenue? Yeah. Did you get, you, you've yoga done factory. acupuncture, right? Yeah, I like acupuncture. Have you done it? No. You should try it. Never done it. I love it. Let's go. I mean, I've only done it once, but I loved it. Again, if they could just shoot a bunch of those needles at you while you're going across the conveyor belt of Right, like recovery. a firing squad. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be great. <laughs> Your whole body. That's where we're headed. Jeff Bezos. Like, or, no, this is an Elon Musk sort of problem mm-hmm. to solve. He'll figure it out. You look like Pinhead from the Hellraiser movies. I was oh, proud of you yesterday, though. We posted the picture, and it got like eight billion. Like people were like howling the picture of you with like this gasp, like coming out <laughs> around your ears. <laughs> I thought you were going to shiver for the rest of the week because no, me you know. too. I was actually worried about you because yeah. you are always cold. Yeah, that's what I asked the guy. I said, "Did they tell you I'm always freezing?" He said, "Yeah." <laughs> of course, first thing we told him. So you did good. Minus 100 yeah, degrees Celsius. It's funny because you guys just <laughs> stood there and watched. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're trying to like, you know, root you on and... Yeah. I wanted... Well, we were giving you tips too. We're like, just talk. Just say stuff. Yeah. Well, like, just start talking. That's, I think, my favorite part about it slash my least favorite part about it is the guy who runs the place has to try to talk to you to keep your mind off of how freezing your body mm-hmm. is. And at a certain point, you're like... 
Shut up, man. How, how, much, how, how much longer? God, it's freezing. Stop trying to talk to me. It's funny because one of the things you have to do, too, is you have a towel in your dressing room. They're like, just wipe down to make sure nothing's wet. And I'm like, what? what? Who's coming what? in Who's here, coming here wet? wet? What kind of stuff are you talking about? I just went for a dip in the fountain outside. Wait, like how wet? Like, well, you might, maybe you're sweaty. My feet are sweaty? Yeah, because it freezes. Yeah. I, I just like talked the whole time. Your Christmas story. I just start talking. It's super annoying. Yeah, so anyways, this weekend I did this because I'm doing anything to try to think about how flippin' cold it is. Isn't three minutes the max? No, yeah. you can go four. Oh, can you? Can? Mm-hmm. I don't oh, think I they do it that. there, but yeah, two to four. I did it twice in one day, mm-hmm. and it was awesome. See, I don't go Wait. all the time. I only go if I'm training for something. Like, you know, if I'm running, if I'm doing like the half or mm-hmm. something, I'll, I'll go in there just to help me train a little bit. But I highly recommend it. It is not the, you know, it's not super inexpensive, but you can get like 30, it's, it's 30 bucks a pop. It's way cheaper than I thought it was. Yeah. What uh, what do you have coming up here? What are you going to be talking about? We're going to talk about the health uh, dangers of summer that you might not think of and the best fast food desserts. Just get acupuncture and sit in the cryotherapy tube at the same time. Get the needles. And a massage. Go in there. Yeah. <laughs> While eating an apple pie for me. <laughs> Forty-three percent of men would prefer to have a boy over a girl, whereas women didn't really care one way or the other. Guys don't want to have to like uh, like worry about uh, different plumbing. Like they know what they're dealing oh, with. Boy, with is that true? <laughs> that is so true. I am uncomfortable around my boys' plumbing, and I have that plumbing, <laughs> let alone a whole new set of drawings. Yeah, I'm not yeah, trying to deal with that. It's not not great. Yeah, not, not great to be uh, on diaper duty. You're like, okay, what what is this? <laughs> no. Can we take her through the car wash? <laughs> <laughs> Just hold her out the sunroof. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Jeff Conkle there on the show. Mr. Wednesday. Mr. Wednesday. He'll be on again uh, tomorrow morning, I believe. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Uh, you know, that discussion, a good precursor for our upcoming segment on the show. Oh, yes. About the new trend in parenting. I'm it's, not sure if it's a God, trend this, yet. I hope this isn't a trend. I hope it's not a trend. Really hope it's not a trend. Uh, I'm inclined to say it's not a trend, but then again, I've been wrong quite often. Not giving any gender identity to your children. There's a couple now who refuses to use pronouns, and uh, they call their babies babies. Which I don't understand. I don't. They're not called hebes and shebes. (laughs) (laughs) They're babies. Hebes and jeebies. I got the hebes and (laughs) I mean, It feels kind of like they're keeping it from them. (laughs) <laughs> like, are they are they doing a gender reveal with their own kids? What are they going to do when they go to school? What are they going to do when one of them develops breasts? Well, they won't be babies anymore, I guess. I don't at that point. understand how you think you can let a kid choose gender. Now, I understand there are some people who are born in the wrong body mm-hmm. and they will tell you that's the case right but some very is, young it, but it is very rare yes it is not something that occurs so often that you need to let them just decide i mean by and large i don't really care i don't think this is a thing i think these people are super weird and i don't want to hang out with is them. that their thing they want their kids to choose what gender 
they're yeah. gonna be they don't yeah they they're not like telling anybody that they go to school with and my thing is if you want to go with this kind of uh i mean really out there approach um you, you kind of have to homeschool your kids because now you're asking everyone else to play along right and i know you're not going to public school well you're that, already that gonna be the weird kid I do if think you don't that, know whether you're a boy or a girl. This is the fringe of a fringe of a fringe group of people. But sometimes it is portrayed as it is some sort of mainstream mainstream ideology and it's not. I don't yeah, these, think these are they're... these are frabies. These are not <laughs> this is these are fringe babies, not not in the mainstream. There's a Brooklyn couple that runs a blog featuring their 2-year-old Zoomer. That's the other thing. If you want to have a non-gender kid, you have to give him a furry name. Doesn't matter if he's a, <laughs> a boy or a girl because uh, they're going to make fun of the name. Everybody's going to get tortured. Nobody gets out clean. So, now, this is from NBC News. Some developmental experts see gender-open parenting as a noble goal, but they also wonder how it will hold up once kids enter a gendered world that can be hostile to those who don't fit clearly into categories. That's what I'm saying. Gender non-conforming children are more likely to be bullied. Last year, 10 states considered bathroom bills requiring people to use bathrooms aligned with the gender assigned to them at birth. None of them passed. I don't understand this. I'm 100% okay with somebody coming to a conclusion on their own that some and supporting your child that mm -hmm. yes but not like telling them from the outset like you get to decide because ultimately in the vast majority of these cases they're gonna be like well i have a dingling i'm a boy right <laughs> and they're gonna be like that's up to you and they're gonna be like you my my parents are weird it's not up to me it kind of happened it's it's there. it is what it is everyone in school is telling me since i have a dingling i'm a boy Right. It, it, there's and then what happens if this boy decides to, says, I'm a girl, and then he's in the girl's locker room? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, the, the extent to which you're asking everyone else to play along is, is too great. If you want to live in the woods and completely do it on, on your own and have a small enough community where you, you all no come to the same conclusion, but... Or what if they're uh, non-binary? Isn't that what it's called? This couple, I don't yeah. know what that is. This What's couple that? asked That's the hospital either. staff when they went in to deliver their twins not to announce their sex. Even after the newborns were put in their arms, their anatomy remained a mystery for several hours. These people are bad at figuring stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think that is? I don't know. I don't know. I still don't know what I have. Have they been drug tested? All right, here's the names they gave their toddlers. Again, if you want to Zoomer. raise a kid out of the womb as non-gendered, like pick your gender, you have to give them a furry name. It's the, <laughs> They all sound like furry names. Their, their kids' names, Zyler and Caden, K-A-D-Y-N. Those are boy names, right? I know a couple Cadens. They're boys. doesn't have to be. Quit being so... Yeah, so stop being so genderist. Yeah, who's Zoomer? Zoomer's the other guy who the kid who has he's a two year old oh. kid who has a his parents have a blog. Well, let's get Boomer the dog in here and ask him about it. I see Boomer walking around Green Tree all the time. <laughs> Always has a smile on his face. Happiest guy. Seriously, oh, he's a good boy. Maybe we got it all wrong. Yeah, sure. Maybe you should just think that you're a dog and walk around. He's totally happy all the time. He has. Hey, we got enough paper over on. there. You, if you want, <laughs> right. if make you a want dog to costume. Turn the shredder on. Probably get you in a costume by the end of today.
This is what the mom said when they deliver they gave their babies to her and didn't announce the sex. It just wasn't something that was interesting. It was all about meeting the children and interacting with them and not just something that we focused on at all. You're the parent. You're not at a coffee shop. I just, you know, it's just interesting. We had a nice talk with the, you know, the thing that was a fetus five hours ago. <laughs> oh, it's my a lovely fetus. Thing. It's a thing. Look how tall it is. Oh, my God. I think these are people that just are overcorrecting a little bit too much. Oh, my. Yeah. But I hate that people think this is a movement. It's not. These are a few boneheads. These are like this is the parental equivalent of the people who were doing like the cinnamon challenge or something like that. Yeah. But chuggers. Not a lot of people. (laughs) Um, yeah, these are the people that are snorting condoms on the internet. So they are? How many people? Babies. That's what they are raising. It is a pronoun-free household. They do not say his or her. So do they not call themselves mom and dad? I think they're girls. You're right. That's a good point. I think they're girls. Yeah. So few parents are raising babies that there is no research yet on how this type of parenting affects children. Anecdotally, many children raised this way come to their own conclusions about their gender around age four, just like their peers. Some experts say it's unlikely that children would be confused by gender open upbringing. Um, um, Somebody says here, though, it's important for parents to prepare children for a society that really is obsessed with a gender binary. I just, boy, we've got a lot of problems to, to sort out before yeah. this becomes anything that we really need to focus on. Put that under the category of parents that are trying too hard. For parents, parents raising their children without gender designation, confrontations with bewildered strangers are as routine <laughs> as changing diapers. Yeah, I bet. No I bet. kidding. Is it a boy or a girl? Uh, we don't talk about that. Uh, really? Like, if someone said that to you, would you not engage them immediately? It's like you're raising a couple of pats from <laughs> SNL. <laughs> People are very interested in whether Did one I child is a boy or one is a girl, said Nathan Levitt, 40, a Brooklyn resident who does not disclose the sex of his 18-month-old. Here it is. Here's the very name of his 18-month-old. Zoe. A Z. Of, a lot of Z names. Oh. Well, do they make their own non-gender clothes that's probably what this is all leading up to some stupid brooklyn baby store where it's four hundred dollars for a unisex onesie like a gunny sack a gunny sack just a gunmetal gray jumper yeah complete strangers come up to us and say boy or girl i think it's been challenging because we always we don't always want to have that conversation when you're just going to the playground or taking your kids on a trip why don't you want to have that conversation? What is <laughs> offensive about that? Oh, Levitt, a family nurse practitioner, remembers an incident when he was on an airplane with his husband, also a nurse, and Zoe, who was bundled in a pink sweater at the time. Oh, you're so lucky to have a girl, a fellow passenger said. Girls are so pretty and fragile, and she's going to grow up and have so many boyfriends. Not wanting to get into a okay. potential that argument. That sounds like a stereotypical right. person. Girls are like, pretty and fragile. Is that literally what the person said? She's probably going to grow up to or get... Or that how they, the weirdo parents interpreted it. Seriously. 
This is so funny. Like, who says that? She's going to be so pretty and fragile. Mm -hmm. Nobody says that. Welcome to Ace Hotel uh, Airlines. Not wanting to get into an argument, the couple didn't bother to correct her, but later after they removed Zoe's sweatshirt, the same woman became upset when she saw the baby wearing blue. You didn't tell me you had a boy. I said, we actually didn't tell you any gender that our child is. Our child is going to tell us how they identify. The woman became angry and accused the couple of setting Zoe up for a difficult life. I like the lady. I'm on the lady's side. I identify you as an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) It's making it, you know what, it's not making it easier for the kids. It's making it more confusing for the adults because yesterday I was walking with my nephew, my mom, and my niece, and we're walking into a place to grab some lunch. And I say to to my to my nephew, hold on, bud. You always let the 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 girls go first, okay? And I was like, oh wait a minute, is chivalry sexist? Yes. Oh no, that is common courtesy. That's Regar- what I thought. Regardless of whether it's a man or a woman. Well, no, I don't let guys go first. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Screw them. But Just I let the door slam right behind you. Yes. I don't open the door for my guy friends. I'm like, dude, let me get that for you. I've opened the door like, for both men and women. Well, maybe you should have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> it, again, it's not about, it's just being courteous to someone else. No, but you know what I'm talking, like chivalry. Yes, I like know It's just made me think about like all those acts that are a kindness towards okay. the opposite sex. Do you think that walking on the outside of the sidewalk is sexist? I don't. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> you don't care. No. You don't think it's sexist, or you don't walk on the outside no, of the sidewalk. No, I make my daughters walk on the outside of the curb. <laughs> what is that not common? So they can take. So they will be the first ones hit. Yeah, right. The curb. I mean, there's two of yeah, them. I you, that's yeah, why sure. They did it. Well, <laughs> teaching my daughters to grow up chivalrous. I'm a man. I'm forty. Uh, now <laughs> this is hilarious. The guy who's this Levitt guy who was on the plane and the lady's like, you're setting your kid up for, you know, a hard life. Yeah. He goes on to say, if this is what a random stranger is saying on the plane, what are some of the other things people might say in school or on a playground? Yeah. yeah. Good thought. Go the, with that. And your family is saying the exact same thing. It's going to be a tough road for Xanadu. You better be careful out there. <laughs> Grandma and grandpa don't know what to do. Again, what does Gardell say? Life is tough. Wear a helmet. It's it not diminishing the plight of those people who are transgendered, who have, yes. who legitimately no, have. Uh, this you know, has nothing to do with that. This, are, this, this is like you're pre, you're, you're presupposing that, right? Like you're isn't, preempting that situation. Yeah, isn't this the equivalent of a parent trying to force uh, a child who is maybe transgender to live the gender they're born? Like, right. we're, now, we're forcing on you to be to not To question yourself. Yeah, right. You figure it Always. out. Always. So now, like, the kid's going to be like, I, what am I? What am I? I don't know. Well, I guess that we'll find out the nature versus nurture argument. Yeah, let's argument. check back in on that group. Hazel Dennis, seven years old, has seen Hazel. this openness firsthand, uh, the openness of using separate pronouns and stuff like that, I guess this is relating to. The second grader wasn't raised as a baby, but began asking to be identified with they pronouns about three years ago. The talkative second grader who lives in Orlando, Florida, has long hair and identifies as a demigirl, someone who is partly a girl. 
The other kids at Hazel's K through eight charter school sometimes have trouble with the pronouns, which can be frustrating, but they have largely been accepting. I'm sure they'll get into the habit at some time, but they do call me she, her more often than they, them, Hazel said, but they're not mean to me about it at all. Well, it's a charter school. Good I luck just, going to Risenstein and getting that. Yeah, right? <laughs> Uh, well, one I of Hazel's think, parents, oh, who uses they and them pronouns, says the family's top priority is to ensure that their children feel accepted for who they are. They decided to raise their, raise their youngest, five-month-old, here's the furry name, Sparrow. Sparrow's a baby. Dennis, who started a Facebook page chronicling Dennis. the family's adventure. <laughs> Dennis. <laughs> the Pittsburgh baby kings. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, who started a Facebook page chronicling the family's adventures in gender-open parenting, is careful to describe Sparrow with both masculine and feminine adjectives. I just call my baby beautiful and pretty and handsome and strong and back and forth. I'll use both. I'll complement different manifestations of personality traits. All right, look. Oh, good. I think it's different when the the eight-year-old kid comes to you and says, "Ah, I'm not feeling so good about doing this. Then you start to have the discussions, and then you go, hmm, okay, well, let's maybe talk with a psychologist or somebody who's an expert in these kind of things. Then what? maybe You're a sweet explore. little, beautiful, handsome, strong boy. Girl. What's, what's confusing about this? I think this is stuff that you're supposed to kind of spend your life figuring out, not really to focus so much on that as a kid. And I know that they're probably saying, well, no, we're trying to release a lot of those stereotypes to let them be a kid. But I think they're putting an overemphasis on gender at that age. I'll tell you what they're going to screw up is uh, pop music. Because if you can't use baby anymore and you have to use baby, <laughs> it's going to really screw with song titles. Baby, it's cold outside. <laughs> uh, I really shouldn't say what gender I am. Oh, <laughs> Lord. We are off the rails. Yeah, we're in a lot of trouble. Here's a look at the weather for tonight. Weather's in trouble. Ronnie sounds bad. Okay, well, I totally blew up that whole segment. Sorry, Val, but uh, right. we were talking about it yesterday, and it was just insane to me. I don't, by the way, think it's a big thing. I don't think there are millions of people who are raising their kids this way. I think they caught all of them in that article. <laughs> There's probably four more, and that's about it. So I don't think it's a big movement. But, ugh. But the char- the charter schools are funny. I mean, my kids went to a charter school last year, and they are, I mean, they are really taking new age to a new level. Oh, yeah. They have, like, an organic garden where you, you know, grow vegetables that you eat for lunch, and it's, I mean, it is, like, everything, it's, it's so progressive. This is why I would be a bad parent, because if I ever had to deal with that, there would not be microaggressions on my behalf. There would be macro. I would be just like, <laughs> are you effing kidding me all the time? I, I would not play well with others in that scenario. Yeah. I applaud you for doing that. No, it was great. And it was uh, my, probably my favorite moment of that whole entire experience was watching two Wilkinsburg parents who also are going <laughs> to that school flip out on each other in the parking lot and <laughs> start screaming expletives at each other. One of the greatest <laughs> We're an all-inclusive. And, 
and the parents didn't know what to do. The white parents were just raising their hands. Like, Are we okay with the kiddos talking, uh, uh, hearing this kind of language? They're raising their hands. Like, bitch. Uh. Like, it was, I laughed for three uh. weeks. Oh, my God. That. Imagine the therapy breakout sessions that occurred after that incident. Oh, uh, that that they is had, a great Hannah, story. Hannah, come to mommy. <laughs> Mackenzie, Hannah and Mackenzie, get over here. I wish you could tell Let's, it on the air. I know. Let's talk about what we saw yesterday. How did that affect <laughs> us inside? <laughs> You've never seen a woman say that to a man, have you? <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't really make sense because how would he do? Never mind. Right. Well, Listen, maybe the they're, is- they, they might be the adults. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been the only way they could have genetically achieved what she said she was going to do to him. I understand that's confusing. Now, kids, we did Let's find have some a quinoa gun on the and meditate yesterday. for a while and figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Quick break. We'll be right oh back. My. The Buckos, you can't stop them. They refuse to lose. Mike's got sports next. Prince. DVE Sports. Mike Pesuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is out brought to you by BobbyRayhall.com. Corey Dickerson did not hit a home run last night in Cleveland. Stop the streak. The streak stops at four. He had hit five home runs in the previous four games, but he did manage to go one for three with a run scored and also drew a walk. Starling Marte went two for three with a run scored and a couple RBI, and Gregory Polanco one for three, a two-run triple. It all uh, added up to a 7 nothing victory over the Indians. The Pirates also got a three-run home run from Josh Harrison in his return from the disabled list. But uh, that outfield production now, uh, 21 for 55 over the last four games of what has become a 10-game winning streak. That's uh, a combined 382 average. Three doubles, two triples, seven home runs, and 17 RBI for the firm of Dickerson, Marte, and Polanco. All All of a sudden... Austin Meadows isn't a story anymore, is he? Well, it depends on who you ask. <laughs> he might think so. Not that he might well, not be heard from again, but why they would mean, you not be playing these three guys now? Right. Uh, oh, that's that's your outfield. But people just loved when he was in there and he was playing well and they were playing Luplo and ahead of him. You may uh, see him called back at some point. One of these guys may slump, get hurt. Uh the deck has a, a habit of reshuffling, but uh, right now the Pirates are hitting on all cylinders and then some. Starling Marte extended his hitting streak to 16 consecutive games. The only guys that have longer streaks in the bigs this year, Cleveland's Michael Brantley at 19 games, Tampa Bay's Wilson Ramos at 18, and the Twins' Brian Dozier at 17. Pirates just uh, crushing the ball. Breaking. And the Indians made the mistake of giving him five outs in the second inning by uh, failing to make a couple of plays. Won a double play that should have been but wasn't and won a pop-up in the infield that was dropped and uh, the Pirates took full advantage. That could have been caught by three different people. The pitcher was like, okay, I see both the first baseman and the third baseman running over. I'll step out of this, even though it was basically right at the mound. Yeah, usually you don't want the pitcher doing that for whatever reason. Most pitchers will get out of the way and let an infielder take it. But uh, the Indians uh, messed that up. And uh, the Bucks improved to 52 and 49. Trevor Williams, six shutout innings. The game was only six innings long because of rain. 
Another one in Cleveland tonight. Joe Musgrove against rookie Shane Bieber. And then Wednesday afternoon, Jamison Tyone against Trevor Bauer. Pirates are seven games behind the Cubs in the NL Central. They're a third in the division. Four and a half behind the second-place Brewers in the wild card. Uh, the Pirates are four games behind Philly, which currently has the second wild card. Arizona and Colorado are in between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Here's the, uh, here's the brownie call from last night. And hits a fly ball to left field. Clear the deck. Cannonball coming. How about the Lumber Company? The Buckos. Josh Harrison is back in the lineup, and the Pirates lead three to nothing. Another home run. Incredible. His fifth with two strikes. That's uh, a season high eight consecutive games now that the Pirates have hit at least one home run, and they've got 19 in those eight games. 19 home runs in eight games. Greg Brown is just permanently jazzed anywhere he goes. He just goes to a restaurant. Oh, oh my, I'll have the provolone sticks. Dude, he's he's going to give himself an aneurysm. Clear my plate. Mr. Brown, would you like two scoops of ice cream? No. <laughs> I'll have a trip, trip, triple. Oh, jeez, okay. I'm sorry I played it. By the way, the DH sucks. <laughs> How is everything for you guys? Oh, my. No, that's what it would be. How was your dinner? I hate the DH. Yeah. <laughs> I, we weren't talking about that. I love Cannonball coming, and I love Race to Jolly Roger. Those are iconic phrases, thanks to him. We're a week away from Steelers training camp. You guys are. Yeah. Oh, when are my. you going? Right after this program. Really? Are you really, Mike? I thought you were still here tomorrow. Nope. Dang. We'll be uh, on the... Uh, Sophisticated, intricate electronic device tomorrow. So your camp broadcast start tomorrow? Yes, they do. We should have meetings. Let's have a meeting about this. Wait, wait, let me rephrase that. We should pay attention in the meetings. Nah. Wait, we have meetings? You should go to the meetings. Yeah. So you're going to be broadcasting live from St. Vincent College in Latrobe tomorrow? I've paid attention in a couple of the meetings. You really don't miss much. You're probably right. So you're broadcasting live from St. Vincent College in Latrobe tomorrow? Tomorrow morning. Good deal. <laughs> you said that like it was a question. Because it was. I'm still not sure it's true. <laughs> it's Are true. we getting true? Well, Cam Hayward uh, queried uh, on Twitter last week what would be the best way to show up to camp. Like, what vehicle, what mode of transportation would be the most unique since so many have been done? And I told him hot air balloon. So hopefully oh, he'll, that would be awesome. he'll take me up Something on that. Something about that sounds very appropriate. Hot air balloon? Yeah. As it pertains to Cam? No, not no, Cam. No, not Cam specifically, just, but just... Just doing... When they say things like, we like our secondary. We're going to play good defense this year. Oh, that's funny. That's going to have to be a big basket for Cam. I know. Good Lord. Cam will be back this year as our featured stealer every week. Do you think somebody does something ridiculous this year? Oh, A.B. will, you know. Yeah, he's showing up in some But what can he do? Old-timey Bentley. To uh, to outdo the the six hundred and fifty thousand dollar Bentley or whatever the hell that thing was with his autograph on the side of it. <laughs> Didn't you suggest one year uh, parachute dropping in? Oh, I I think that would always be super cool. That'd be a great way to do it. I liked when Kiesel drove the tractor. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah. I really liked Harrison's fire truck last year. And then he talked about we're going to do it together like the firefighters do. 
course, it didn't work out that way. And then he burned the house down. <laughs> Unless there are firefighters out there who fall asleep during the fire and then just walk away from exactly, it. Exactly, who quit during the yeah. fire. A fireman you know, I'm not doing enough being to fight an arsonist. this fire, so the hell with you like, You stay back and make sure everything's okay at the truck. And he's like, uh-uh. If I'm not fighting the fire, I'm not here. They're like, no, we need you there, though. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not good enough. No. I'm Somebody's got to turn the hose on. He's a terrible firefighter. That's what we can say about James Harrison. Great football player. Bad at analogies. <laughs> it was a moment, though. Oh, it was a moment, I'm sure. I'd like to see someone come up uh, horseback. Come up riding a uh, nice horse. I feel like that's been done. Has it? I don't think it has. God, with as many... No, you know who did it? Jared Allen, when he retired, didn't he do that? Yes. Wasn't he like, I'm out of here, guys, I'm retiring, and then r- rode off into the sunset, literally? Yeah. How about a Villanueva came in in a helicopter? Mm. Or a tank. I love the smell of St. Vincent in the morning. It smells like chew. That was in my room. What is your rec- uh, workout regimen going to be at camp this year? I try to get a run in at night before I go out and booze. Hmm. It's good advice for you kids out there. Workday usually gets done about 7.30. Yeah. And then I try to get a run in and uh, then go from there. Outside? Yes. What's the dumbest sports writer workout you've seen? I bet somebody rollerbladed around Latrobe, right? Eh, Ron Cook was out there rollerblading. There are not a lot somebody of was. Uh, recollections of sports writer workouts. I always see every time I'm there, I see people like getting done working. You know, they're trying to keep their sanity while they're embedded for a couple of weeks. I have a feeling Ron Cook is more of a roller skate guy. <laughs> Just old school. Yeah, like slip on over the sneaker yeah, the, skates, the, the brown ones. Yeah. Oh, those metal ones that you had to have the key. Yeah, exactly. Foul has news coming up top of the hour. How about one of those big bicycles with the real huge front wheel? Penny Farthers. <laughs> then you wear the little Come on, hat. is that the real name of the yeah, bike? Yeah, it's called Penny Farthing. That'd be great if somebody showed up in that. Unless you're Penny. What do you got? Is Google Translate predicting the end of the world? Let's hope. I was just going to say. Make it quick. (laughs) It is the DVE morning show. All right. To continue the conversation we were having about the parents who are raising their kids as babies, non-gender, not babies, babies. They don't want to use typical gender pronouns. So they don't want to to influence their kids' gender. This doesn't make any sense to me. This is, to me, like saying, like, we're not, we don't want to say we're Scottish. I mean, let's up to them to decide what their heritage (laughs) is. Do we live in Scotland? Yes, we do. Yeah. But, hey, maybe maybe we could be from anywhere. Are we a normal family? We have two kids. Order Domino's for dinner sometimes. All right, I'm ready to go. In many ways, we fit the, the kind of normal stereotype. Our kids, Caden and Zyler, are three and a half years old, and we're raising them using they, them, their gender-neutral pronouns so that they can decide for themselves uh, when, if, and how they want to identify as a gender. I mean, you have to order Domino's because it was Papa John's. Then she'll be like, what, are you getting a couple smoothies here or something? (laughs) What, you're offended? Please, I held back. Uh, I (laughs) don't understand this, but this uh, guy says he doesn't see the difference. So I think that knowing the sex or the gender of your child is important to other people, partially just because it's part of the social script. They don't notice that they're any different from any other children because they have no idea that some children are she and some children are he. All right. 
to them they're all children. Um, so like they don't notice any difference, and the other kids that they're with don't notice any difference. Okay, again, if you're if you missed the first part of this, this is not trying to discount the idea that there are people who are born in the wrong body and there is a real genetic sort of snafu that occurs at some point where uh, they realize within their life, hey, I think I'm born the wrong gender or I'm identified as because of whatever extenuating circumstance. I don't understand how that all goes on other than I I think it's a real thing. Mm-hmm. I think there are some people who are like, that's BS. Like, There's no way anybody would put themselves through that if they weren't yes. in an incredible pain is it mike white the sports writer who did it uh for the washington post like in the middle of his career after he was already established and he's like he went through full transformation well and it it has to be something that there is a real component to yeah but but starting off by saying okay you get to choose yeah you're preempting all that and i i think that the controversy comes with people um saying okay well what what age is a kid or should a kid be in control of making that decision for himself? Like, you you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, I feel like this. Well, maybe you, you are that then. Okay, well, but how far do you take it? Right. You Are we talking reassignment surgery? Yeah. At this, at the, you know, at seven? Like Gender is not something that we have discussed with either of them at all, really. We're as nervous about that as most parents are about like how our baby's made. They haven't really asked about it, so we're waiting until that question comes up. I think we're just kind of going to wing it a little bit when we get there. Um, but, you know, telling them that, you know, gender is something that's, that's fluid and, you know, a lot of people have penises identify as being boys, but that, that's not something that is necessary if you feel like you're a girl um, and vice versa. It's so rare. It is so, 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 so rare. Why would you prepare them for an eventuality that is not going to happen? That's like telling them, like, you could get struck by lightning at any moment. <laughs> Twice. Just Dad, be prepared. Dad could get pregnant for that. You know what else is fluid? Periods. And when they start having theirs, you're going to have to explain to them there's a reason yeah. why. They're Biology but is I not going like to be playing boy. by the, their rules here. It's just stupid. I don't get it. <laughs> Me either. But I don't think it's a thing. I'm going on record. I think it's like five people. And then NBC News does a report on it and everybody's talking about it's like it now. like people in the doomsday cult. Right. Not a huge thing. These no. people might, have, might as well have purple sneakers on. <laughs> there is research that shows when you use gender binaries in our language, when we say good morning boys and girls, or when we just say to our kids, come on girls, or what a smart boy you are, using gender to sort and categorize and label kids. We do know that that increases gender stereotypes. Yeah, well, okay, so maybe we can back off a little bit. Do we have to go to a whole different parking lot? You know, maybe we just like <laughs> everybody's like, crazy. Fix it a li- like fix the existing structure a little bit. Isn't isn't that a thing? Can't we fix some things that are already in place instead of just everyone Completely wants to scrap the whole down. the whole structure and start over from scratch? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Look, I, like I said before, if you grow up in the woods and you homeschool your kids, do whatever you want. But you're going to have a Don't hard time them. getting everyone to play along. Right. 
I don't know. I just think about trying to explain this stuff to like my uncles. All right, now check it out. <laughs> yeah. Don't call him a boy. You know, you might think he's a boy. We we're gonna let him choose. <laughs> the amount of abuse that would rain down upon me for making that decision as a parent would be never ending. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. You might want to tell his penis. <laughs> next hour more stuff and we want to remind you the be like my contest the deadline for uh, entry into that and you can be whatever gender you want for that uh that is thursday at five o'clock that's the the deadline we've got a lot of people uh vying to be like mike at steelers training camp this year you win two sideline passes for the steelers afternoon practice wednesday august 1st that's pretty cool that just that is an awesome prize yeah to be on the sidelines for practice. Then you get a $100 gift card for the Steelers Pro Shop and a $50 gift card for Sharkies for the Mike Pursuta Live from Latrobe show along with Bob Labriola. And you get a hotel room that is going to be decorated like Mike's dorm room. You'll get a, a Pursuta wardrobe, cargo shorts, and the Steelers golf shirt, Michigan State baseball hat, USA hockey jersey. Get the Springsteen poster, uh, the coffee cup to be used as a spittoon, an American flag <laughs> hanging. Uh, you get to sit in with the morning show the next day when we broadcast live from Steelers training camp, and you get a couple of tickets to the Steelers-Titans preseason game on Saturday, August 25th at 4 p.m. So Sweet. log on and get registered before Thursday at 5 p.m. That's your deadline. you got to be 21. Be like Mike, DVE Duck. Weather Center 11. It is 76 degrees at DVE. The news is brought to us by CCAC. There was word last week investigators has seeds, had seized more than one audio tape from Michael Cohen, and now we know there are at least 12. The special master overseeing the investigation into Cohen and his dealings with President Trump has released 12 tapes to federal investigators. The special master is charged with determining what material seized from Cohen is protected by attorney-client privilege. Trump Organization and Cohen have withdrawn their designations of privilege. There's no word on what's on 11 of those tapes, but last week news broke that Cohen had recorded a conversation between himself and Mr. Trump in which they discussed paying hush money to Playboy model Karen McDougal. She allegedly had an affair back in 2006 with Donald Trump. So is it the end of the world? I'm not sure how someone discovered this, but somebody found out that if you go to Google Translate and set the language to Maori, which is the language of the indigenous people from New Zealand, if you type the word dog 18 times, and translate it to English. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so who figured this out? Somebody has a lot of spare time. Right. You get a prediction of the apocalypse. The translation reads, quote, Doomsday clock is three minutes at 12. We are experiencing characters and the dramatic developments in the world which indicate we are increasingly approaching the end times and Jesus' return, end quote. Google swears it's just a glitch. A representative issued a statement that said, Google Translate learns from examples of translations on the web. This is simply a function of inputting nonsense into the system to which nonsense is generated. It's a good party trick for stoners. (laughs) You could just tell them that, like, hey, did you know that if you go to Google and turn into Maori and type in dog 18 times? It's like, no way. But it didn't come back it. really with nonsense. Like nonsense would be bananas fly upstairs. Keep going. 
parking lot. Yeah, you know, it would just heads. be not. This is an actual formed thought. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Go back to the parking lot with the fly. And the- <laughs> I don't think the robots are going to let the world end. They're going to take over eventually here. What's that Will Smith movie with the... I am robot? <laughs> <laughs> AI? Maybe that's it. I don't know. I Honestly, I I don't watch Will Smith movies. I can't I discern one it, from another. Nope, dude, I never saw I Am Legend. Hitch? I never saw Hitch. <laughs> I never saw... Pursuit of Happiness? No. Bad Boys? No, I never saw Bad Boys. No. 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 Never saw that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I, I, I don't know what Will Smith movie you're referencing. I did see an Instagram video he had yesterday. Why do you hate Will Smith? Let's get back to that for one second. I don't hate Will Smith. He just you hate doesn't. Him. I just, those movies don't do anything for me. I don't watch too many of the rock movies either. But if I see him, you know, if it's on, I'll be like, oh, it's, it's entertaining. It's just not my thing. I don't mm-hmm. really, I don't know. They're they're fun. Don't get me wrong. Did you watch Fresh Prince? Loved Fresh Prince. You're lying. You never watched it. I did. You hate him. Nope. You've always hated him. No. I like him. No. 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 I think I think that there are better movies. That's all I'm saying. No. Well, there's no question about that. Bad Boys. Uh, there was. I saw Men in Black. That was really good. Just catching up. <laughs> Some of the health risks of summertime include ones, you know, you're pretty familiar with, sunburns, heat exhaustion. But there are things you might not think of, like eyeball sunburns. It only takes a few hours under the right conditions. It can lead to things like cataract, cataracts and macular degeneration. You should be wearing UV sunglasses. Is- you shouldn't also stare into the eclipse. Yes, Never do that. That too. E. coli. It's found in the fecal matter of humans and animals like birds. So you can come into contact with it at the beach or the pool. Birds flying over, pooping in the pool. CDC looked at pools a few years ago and found fecal incidents are more common than you think. And the chlorine in the water might not take care of it. Gotta wear goggles. <laughs> Keep your mouth closed. Food oh. poisoning comes from leaving food out in the heat at picnics and barbecues. Undercooking meat on the grill can also cause problems. Yeah, there's a point in every cookout where I see the food sitting out where I'm like, it's been sitting out too long. I, I can no longer approach that pile of food and and eat any of it. If it doesn't have mayonnaise in it, I'm good with it. I have this uh, stupid notion that cooked meat can just sit there because mm-hmm. it's so salty. You know. Well, heck yeah. But then it just has flies landing on it over So and over if you were a again. caveman, you would run over and eat that food and you wouldn't care how long it'd be there. But if there's mayonnaise, you might be like, eh. <laughs> the caveman would kind of probably be like, eh, the thing that smells funny, I'm not going to eat that. But the meat, you're good. Sweaty cheese, too. Once cheese starts to sweat... It's really hard to really hard to get excited about it. You know what I mean? Sweaty cheese. You never seen like people have like a cheese tray and then it just starts sweating? I uh, don't recall. Lots of people agree with me right know, now. I, I didn't can know hear them. Cheese could sweat. Dude, I believe you. Google sweaty cheese. <laughs> Google not, no. it. Google, Google it. it right now. Dude, Google it right now. Google it right now. <laughs> Do it. And alcohol-related dehydration. Alcohol dehydrates you, and it's easier to get dehydrated in the heat. So if you are boozing in the sun, make sure you're drinking lots of water.
during the Deutschland Music Festival where I was just sweating buckets because mm-hmm. it was so hot. And like the last show they did that night, um, where the Common Heart did the Charles Bradley tribute, it was a thousand degrees in that bar. Oof. I mean, it was so unbelievably hot. I peed copper. <laughs> it was like you just it was I was so dehydrated and just started chugging water because I was sweating oh everything gosh. out and drinking beer all day and I was trying to drink waters to try and balance it out but just I was sweating everything out mattress firm has a job opening right now for an intern to sleep on the job and report to the world about the adventure on social media Whoever gets the position, which they're calling a snooze turn, gets... Good job for James Harrison. 200 bucks a week. I'm not sure he'll be in on that. Uh, you won't just be testing mattresses. You'll also try to find the best head and foot positions on adjustable beds to see what feels best for binge watching, scrolling on your phone, eating, reading, typing, and everything else people do in bed. If you are interested, there is still time. Mattress Firm accepting online applications until Friday. I would never be able to get one of those jobs because when I sleep, it looks like I fell down the stairs. Like, that's the position I take. There's no, I, I'd be like, well, if you put a foot rest at like three o'clock. Yeah. I fall asleep every night like it looks like I went to bed absolutely hammered. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hanging it, off the bed. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm on an imaginary water slide. Like, <laughs> like right on one of the turns. Dude, I looked this up. It says, this is the question that they just put out to the internet. Why does cheese sweat? Yeah, all right. So what does it say? Cheese contains salt. Yeah. And so in human environment, it can attract and hold water molecules. There you go, buddy. Sweaty So it's not not that the cheese is sweating. It's just attracting uh, water molecules that are in the air. Sweating. And holding it. There you go. So it looks like it's sweating. That's good Wouldn't that be gross if that's what really what sweat was? Water from the air? If that's how you sweat? Cheese water. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no thanks uh. <laughs> our hairy chested men and you know endangered... at whole foods there probably is something called cheese water <laughs> and it probably costs like 18 dollars and uh, it's not a thing at all and don't please don't buy it. what were they selling what was asparagus the water? water oh yeah <laughs> it's great they just cut asparagus and put it in a water bottle and they're like what do you think and someone's like mm, 850 and then <laughs> i love it i um, love debris in my water i don't know about you guys <laughs> Are hairy-chested men an endangered species? A new survey found 85% of men between the ages of 18 and 35 now trim or wax off their body hair. Chest hair, back hair, legs, and more. Man, my daughter lost so much respect for me last night, and it really, like, ripped my heart out. She was like, Daddy, what if you grew a beard that was so long it, like came all the way down your face and like went all the way up into our room and it was just like so long you could drag it behind you and I was like I, I can't grow a beard <laughs> she was like what do you mean you don't want to I was like no I can't she was like ah, <laughs> and then just walked out of the room and I was Aww. like oh my god I'm devastated uh, oh man I'm not a man well, the only time the yeah, words... Yeah, I feel like that all the time. Like, I'm I, I, not I'm, a man. I'm still a dude. No hairy chest. Get the no bad teenage hair. mustache. That's no good. I can do here to here, and it's not It's not good enough. Here to where? I could do like a the Chinese... Not Chinese. Oh, like a goatee? I could do the Spanish explorer facial oh. hair. That's about it. Vasco da Gama? Yes. 
The only time the words he was our snake and toilet should be in the same sentence is when your plumber is explaining how he fixed a clog, but a Virginia man looked in his toilet before sitting down. Thank goodness he did. There was a ball python inside. Whoa. Oh, that's peeking the... out of the water. Well, the guy and his roommate tied a noose I've to the end. I've seen a couple ball pythons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the guy and his roommate tied a noose to the end of a fishing rod and used it to get the snake out of the toilet. Uh, they put it in a bucket outside the house and called animal control. They came to get it. The snake is someone's pet who it's escaped its enclosure a couple of weeks ago. Like a really dumb guy that's just trying to snake his toilet. I thought this was... Isn't this what it means? This is a similar story to the guy. I did a story a couple of weeks ago. A guy was yes. sleeping in the middle of the night. A python just fell out of the ceiling on him. Nope. All the way nope on Again, that. Again, that was because the guy on the floor above him, his machete fell off the wall, <laughs> pierced his waterbed, <laughs> flooded his bedroom, and then his snake tank fell Escaped. down. Yeah. Crashed. And a lot of things had to happen. If you yeah. have a snake in an apartment building, you, it's like, didn't you say it should be like the Megan's Law? You should have to give yeah, everybody a notification. you have to register that python with your neighbors you have to knock on all their doors hey i have a big stupid thing that might climb down into your room kill and you. kill you or you should just have to be you should have to live in the basement <laughs> you <laughs> well, got the, a snake well, okay they, they go up right uh, probably oh yeah they can go up climb I trees know. i mean i i don't i don't get snakes but people uh, people love having stuff like that reptiles oh, God, I, never... I hate snakes I have an Indiana Jones-like fear of snakes. Hate them. Mac's girlfriend's brother was uh, whatever the name of the person is who takes care of lizards. He worked in, in the, at the zoo, mm-hmm. and his whole apartment was full of- Lizard uh, king? Geckos and lizards and stuff, just crawling everywhere. He let them run loose? Oh, yeah, dude. They were oh. everywhere. Why? It was the weirdest thing, and it smelled so bad. Uh. And I was like, why do you live like this? <laughs> you know you don't have to do this you can keep them somewhere else and then you could live like without the lizards yeah they I've, have their own place yeah. you know they can figure it out for i've themselves. held snakes and lizards but i don't want one <laughs> like why would you want that in your house i don't know i don't get it no you me can't neither. cuddle them I know it's like a macho thing when you're a kid. You're like, I got a badass snake. I got an iguana. This thing looks cool. The dude with the snake also has a butterfly knife. Mark my words. <laughs> oh, yeah. Starts with and the he's butterfly. practiced. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's really good at that. And a switchblade. He's got some Chinese stars. <laughs> right. Today is National Tequila Day. Good deal. Go celebrate. 76% of Americans say they like margaritas. 67% prefer frozen to on the rocks, but 3% of people say they will judge you if you order a frozen margarita. I feel like frozen is cheating. Why? Um, because it hides the tequila so much. I don't know. Well, it's the same amount of tequila, though, right? I know, but it's... I like to have my tequila hidden. Because when I do straight shots so of it... So it sneaks up on you. <laughs> things get scary. I black out and do things that I don't. Yet, I'm not comfortable. I'm not with. good on tequila. No, uh, my tequila days are done. I've never had straight tequila, but definitely margaritas. Twenty-four percent cannot stop at just one margarita. That's the problem. Twenty-six percent always lick the salt off the rim. Only four percent have never Ew. tried a margarita. <laughs> 
rim liquor. <laughs> I don't know. There's some pretty tasty margaritas out there. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. No Mango? question. Mm-hmm. Oh, we had margaritas one year. We went to uh, a couple friends. We went down into Mexico, and we got we all ordered margaritas, and we ordered a bucket of beer. It was like fifteen dollars. <laughs> we were absolutely hammered. And still had all of our money. We're yeah. like, oh, this is, we should probably get out of here. And then one of the girls, like, showed her boobs to the table because she was so hammered. And, like, 18 guitar players came from out of the <laughs> shadows. Like, and they all had cut off gloves. Tequila! <laughs> Hey, like, uh, we gotta get out of here. Yeah. Do you remember one time MTV VJ Jesse Camp? Yeah, he's kind of been a mess. Yeah, he's gone missing, according to Page Six. A spokesman for the Riverside Police Department in California said that Jesse was reported missing July 19th by his sister. He was last seen in Riverside. He was once homeless and made a name for himself back in 1998 when he won MTV's first wannabe a VJ contest. He turned that into a music career and had a band called 8th Street Kids. They released an album in 1999. An ex-girlfriend of Jesse's told authorities that a stranger picked up his cell phone when she called him and said that uh, Jesse had given him the phone and three bags of his property. Jesse's sister said he had been depressed, but according to page six, that she didn't indicate if he was suicidal. Warm and humid showers and thunderstorms today, low 80s for the high at 74 at DBE. So Jason Spencer is a state legislator in Georgia, and he got tricked by Sasha Baron Cohen in the latest episode of Who is America on Showtime. I don't know if you guys have seen this at all. People are calling for him to step down. Here was his uh, excuse. As uncomfortable as I was to participate, I agreed to, understanding that these techniques, this is the technique Sasha Baron Cohen's character, who's a former Mossad agent, they were uh, they were uh, self-defense techniques to use against terrorists. These techniques were meant to help me and others fend off what I believed was an inevitable attack. My fears were so heightened at that time, I was not thinking clearly, nor could I appreciate what I was agreeing to when I participated in his class. <laughs> I was told it would be filmed as a demonstration video to teach others the same skills in Israel. <laughs> I, did, I mean, the fact that this moron thought this was real. I deeply regret the language I used at his request, as well as my participation in the class in general. If I had not been so distracted by my fears, his fears of the imaginary terrorist who he was. I mean, he's just a good actor mm-hmm. is what it is. He's such a good method actor. He was playing the part. He said, I never would have agreed to participate this, participate in this in the first place. I apologize to my family, friends and the people of my district for this ridiculously ugly episode. And he said, as far as calls for me to resign, I recently lost my primary election, so I'll not be eligible to hold office next term. Therefore, I'll be finishing the remaining five months of my post and vacating my seat. Here was uh, some of the stuff that he was, uh, he he just, look, he was just way into it and he didn't realize what he was saying. My name is Iran Morad. I was in the Mossad for, I mean, I was not in the Mossad for 13 years. (laughs) I'm here to teach you Krav Maga. Who are you? My name is Jason Spencer. I'm a state representative uh, in the Georgia General Assembly. That's the House of Representatives. ISIS are scared of being seen as homo. You know what it means, uh, homo? Yeah, yeah. If your batok touch them, it means they have become a... Homosexual. Now I am going to teach you how to use your batoks to intimidate <laughs> ISIS. Hmm. Huh. 
<laughs> Show me the batuk. No, trousers down. He pulls his pants down, man. <laughs> okay, go. Any, anything go. To America! He's running Good. after Good, one more time, but louder ass. with America. America! <laughs> Good. We say in the Mossad, I mean not in the Mossad, if you want to win, you show some skin. Bare ass. Okay, show it to me. Now, try to touch me. I'll touch you, I'll touch you with my buttocks. I'll touch you, you better drop the gun or I'll touch you. USA! Okay, stop. You have to remind me. If I touch you, you will become a homosexual. <laughs> oh my God. Make America gape again. At one point he says you have to attract attention to yourself as quickly as possible and the way to do that is by using offensive language. He goes, so you have to use the N-word. And the guy starts screaming the N-word and then oh, Sasha no. Baron Cohen character's like, no, no, not that N-word. <laughs> He's like, no, that's a horrible one. He says it like 10 times and then later in the episode. Oh, I meant my. nuclear. Wait, what, what were you saying? I mean, by the end of the episode, he's pretending to chop off terrorists' penises. And like, it's out of control. The, the fact that they're going to let this guy sit there and serve for five more months is the most hilarious thing in the world. Who's going to talk to this guy? You know, every day they're going to be like, dude, get, get, get out of here. Quit, quit. Quit. He'd be like, hey, who wants to go to lunch today? Quit. Quit. <laughs> quit. Quit right now. Quit. Quit, quit right now. Shh. Quit. Quit. I'll put my buttock on you. <laughs> Screaming. America. Screaming America running America. after bare ass. <laughs> I'm doing that. Oh. I can't wait till next 4th of July. Oh, good Lord. Hey, maybe that works. You know what I mean? I, I don't think it does. No, I don't think so either. I think uh, that's the equivalent to them training over there. Like you ever see those videos that they were on put the monkey out? bars? Yeah, that's all they do. They're on a jungle gym. Uh, yeah. yeah. When they finally get to attack, ISIS must be like, "Where are all the monkey bars? I thought this. <laughs> I thought this would be in a park." DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on DVE. Mike. Sports is Hour brought to you by Barstool Sports Rough and Rowdy Brawl, August the fifth. Joe Musgrove gets the ball for the Pirates tonight in Cleveland as they shoot for 11 in a row. The Pirates extended their winning streak to 10 with a 7 to nothing rain-shortened six-inning victory last night in Cleveland. Musgrove, a guy that uh, not unlike uh, a lot of his counterparts starting for the Pirates, a guy that's looked really good at times and has had some uh, periodic hiccups that have prevented the numbers from betraying a guy who is finding it and ready to dominate. Uh, he's 3-4 and four with a 4.08 ERA. He'll be opposed tonight by Shane Bieber, a uh, rookie who's 5-1, and 3.53. And uh, last time out, uh, fairly typical uh, of what's going on for Musgrove. He started on uh, July the 15th. That uh, wound up becoming the miracle against Milwaukee that uh, come back to tie it in the ninth and then uh, coming back again to win it in the 10th, but uh, it was a 2-2 game at one point. Entering the 8th inning, Clint Hurdle stuck with Joe Musgrove. And then uh, with two on and two out, Musgrove issued a walk to load the bases. Clint Hurdle stuck with Joe Musgrove. His uh, next pitch was his 106th of the game, and he gave up a three-run triple. Would have been a dominating performance if not for that, but, you know. Uh... 
you can't discount uh, the, the final result. Now, the Pirates came back to win. The start before that, Musgrove uh, was cruising against the Washington Nationals, four and two-thirds scoreless. Then with two outs in the fifth, he gave up a single and a home run. That's uh, the last time the Pirates lost, by the way. Uh, he's had seven shutout innings against St. Louis, seven shutout innings against San Diego, seven innings with just one earned run allowed against the Cubs, and yet uh, here he sits taking the mound tonight with a sub-500 record and an ERA over four. He is better than that. Mm-hmm. Can he find a way to uh, turn that better-than-that stuff into the, the results the Pirates need? Uh, they're 52-49, and 49, four games behind the Cubs in the NL Central. And, uh, excuse me, uh, seven games behind the Cubs in the NL Central and four games behind Philadelphia in the chase for the second NL wild card. Uh, crazy game last night in Cleveland. Uh, a delay to start, and then uh, in the second inning, the, the Indians twice had a chance to get out of the inning unscathed. They couldn't turn a double play, and then they dropped a pop-up on the infield. And uh, Josh Harrison, fresh back from the disabled list, smoked a three-run homer on an 0-2 pitch. That's the kind of stuff that's happening for them right now. They yeah. Just, everything turns to gold. And right out of the gates, Mike, last night, yeah. Dickerson leads off with a, with a single. And they, it, even when they were didn't get anything out of that, they were still hitting the ball hard. And you just knew at some point that they were going to break it wide open. They chased Kluber. That they did. Quick. And, you know, we had uh, Corey Dickerson on the show yesterday, and he had he said something that really resonated with me, talking about their their young, relatively inexperienced team, and he said, "You got to learn how to fail." And initially, I was thinking, you know, in my smart-ass tendencies, well, they had that down for a while. Yeah. <laughs> they were failing pretty good. Twenty years for, of that, uh, but you know, if you think of that in, in with a little depth attached to it, uh, work your way out of it, and then you come back more confident, right? Is that what he was getting at? Yeah, I mean, let's see uh, if that bears. What works and what doesn't, and now they're poised to strike, or so it seems. Or is it just one of those uh, inevitable corrections? You you never lose them all, you never win them all. Everybody gets hot at some point, everybody struggles at some point. Could be that, too. Their last 10-game winning streak was in 2004, and they won 72 games that season. Yeah. So... Still a lot to be determined, but boy, is it fun to watch this unfold the way it's unfolding. Good deal. Mike Pursuta. Aerosmith, Stan Savin's coming in shortly. DVE. There's something wrong with the world. It's the DVE Morning Show, and Stan Savin is joining us right now from Fox Sports, or I'm sorry, ESPN Radio 970. And, um, God, you've, I've introduced you with so many different names. That's a blast with passion. By the way, that could either be radio or TV. I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, ESPN Radio. I'm a Fox kind of guy, don't you think? You're a Foxy fella. <laughs> no doubt about it. Stan, would any reasonable baseball person look at what the Pirates have done this year and then with this current streak and then decided that before the 31st, they should build on this? You know, the, no. Uh, I mean, who saw this coming? <laughs> Stat I used yesterday on the pregame show, in the entire month of June, the team had 17 home runs. During the 10-game streak, just 10 games, they've hit 21. So it's not only the streak, but where'd the power come from? All of a sudden, I mean, everybody uh, is contributing to that. Um, Opponents have anything to do with that? No, not at all. I mean, you would look and say, okay, the Reds stink, and they do, but the Reds had been 11-8 and coming into the Pirates series. So for them... 
you know, that's pretty good. They've actually been 40 and 38 since they fired their manager yeah. in April. So I mean, yeah, they're not they're not a they good team. They started 3 and 15, but for a long time they were just a notch over 500. And they've got good bats. I mean, it's, yeah. it's you know, their pitching is horrible, but they they've got a lineup that can hit. They took two out of three from the Nationals, who clearly are underachieving, but still, you know, they, uh, they miss Scherzer in that series, but still, that's a pretty good group. And then they beat up on the Brewers. Now, I think the Brewers were a mirage. Uh, I thought the Cubs would run away with the division. I said it in April. I believe it now. And I don't. I think the Brewers are playing way over their heads, and I'll be very surprised if they make the playoffs. But still, at the time they played them, they were tied for first place in the National League Central. So no, you can't say that they beat up on weaklings. Um, last night, um, you know, Cleveland is a good ball club. Uh, I don't think they're going anywhere. I don't think they can beat the Red Sox, Astros, Yankees, whoever they get in the playoffs. But, you know, they're a good club. They sure can hit. And they beat up on Kluber, who, by the way, has been getting beaten up on a lot mm-hmm. lately. But still, he's the reigning Cy Young champion. Right. So, no, I, I don't take anything away from what they've done. Is it because maybe some of their players have have slumped and they've had to jostle the lineup a bit? And and so now that the way that the lineup is set up, everybody's sort of clicked in? Well, I think that, you know, batting order, it's like a jigsaw puzzle. Every piece has to fit to maximize what you have. But no, when I think about the major contributors, these are guys that they counted on from day one. And we're right. getting, with the exception of Dickerson, you know, they weren't getting it. I mean, Marte had to be benched for a while. Polanco had to be benched for a while. Josh Bell had to be benched for a while. Um, Harrison was hurt, and he was having a substandard season. Uh, you know, I mean, Mercer does what he does. I think Diaz is a tremendous upgrade both offensively and defensively, over Cervelli. I have a feeling they'd like to get rid of Cervelli um, and the contract if they can. But now, this really puts Neil Huntington on the hot seat. It would have been easy if instead of going 10-0, and they'd gone 4-6 and and said, okay, you know, now, now what do you do? But the question I have to ask is, based on the way they're playing, and this isn't going to continue, I mean, they're going to lose at least once more this season, uh, um, <laughs> What do they need? When you look at what they're doing, can you find a, a better shortstop than Jordy Mercer? Sure you can. He's going to become a free agent, but nobody's given up a shortstop of that ilk, uh, unless you're you know, Manny Machano going to be a free agent. I think they could use a solid starter uh, in the rotation because you know they're young guys, except for Nova. The oldest pitcher, starting pitcher on the team is Tyone at 26. I mean, they're young. So you're going to get up and down. Look at Williams. Williams um, was really bad for like eight starts. Now the last two, he's pitched 11 innings, hasn't given up a run. But that's the up and down nature. So if they could find um, a solid veteran starter, I would look there. You know, you can always look for a bench guy. But I think now it puts him in a position. One of the first guys I would have tried to deal was David Freeze. Not that he hasn't done well. He has. But he's of real value to a real contender. But if the Pirates are a, a real contender now, <laughs> then he's valuable to them. He's valuable to them. So, you know. Stan, today is the anniversary of one of the most famous baseball incidents of all time. If you hold that uh, headset up to your ear there, you'll hear the following clip of what occurred on this day in 1983. I've never, I've never seen this. I never have either. I don't know what I don't know what they're measuring. 
They might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he is. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at, look at this. Brett is out. And He's steaming mad. He is out and having to be forcibly restrained <laughs> from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. And the Yankees have won the ball game 4-3. to three. Brett is called out for using an illegal bat or with the illegal substance on the bat. Pine tar, baby. George Brett's pine tar sprint. I'll never forget. I mean, I can still, listening to that, I can still see the image of him coming out of that I mean, he shoots out of the dugout like a bat out of hell. That's how my dad used to come out of the house if the football hit the car. (laughs) (laughs) Home plate umpire Tim McClellan calls him out after they measure the, the bat the pine tar could only go so far up the bat, apparently, and it was like the width of the plate versus the down. length of the bat, and it extended past that, and so they call him out, and he just shoots out of there like a bat out of hell. That's one of those incidents. I, I don't know why, and I guess it's because it was when I was a little kid, but stuff like that leaves this indelible mark that it seems like they were bigger than anything that has happened today. Like, nothing that happens today seems as big to me as the, the stuff that happened when I was a kid. Well, it's like when you go back to your childhood home. It looks so much smaller <laughs> yeah. than you remember it. Uh, the funny thing about that, first of all, um, he hit it off Goose Gossage. So here you have two Hall of Fame players uh, you know, going against one another. Gossage was pitching for the Yankees then. And the Royals appealed it, and they won the appeal. Yeah. And so they replayed the game from that point, and the Royals ended up winning the game. My question Five is... Five before the Royals won. What did they appeal? I mean, if the rule said it could only be X amount of inches, then right. what changed? I don't. I have no idea. Are they uh, so. And if there had been instant replay back then, what would I mean? What they have measured? American League President Lee McPhail ordered the game to be restarted from the point of Brett's home run. That's so. crazy. I never knew that. Yeah. Totally not. Did they re- I don't know. Did they remeasure the bat? Did they actually take a tape measure? I, I, I have no idea what the rationale was as to why they overturned the decision. But has a player ever come that close to mauling an umpire? <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. It looked as if he was about to absolutely eviscerate the uh, the, the home plate umpire. It was umpire Earl Weaverish. Weaver never actually hit anybody, did he? Well, he did. With a phone. He he, he did. Uh, one time he uh, came out to argue, and he was kicking dirt on the guy, which he liked to do. Ah, uh, that's the best. And he hit the guy, the umpire, in the face with the bill of his cap. He got so close that he... So he got tossed for that. So then if you look... From that point on, whenever Earl Weaver would get into a beef, he would come out and turn his hat on backwards. <laughs> which like actually made it even look more, it. more yeah. hilarious. Flip oh. it around backwards and oh, just start nose to nose. Yeah. McClendon taking third base. First, first base. Or first base into the dugout was pretty that was great. classic. That oh. was great. And he stormed off with it so uh, so proudly. You know, He walked off yeah. with it and everything. I was hey, there. That was you. one of the all-time greatest things ever. I was there, too. He proved you can, in fact, steal first steal base. Steal first base. There you go. Stan, who do you got on the show? Uh, busy day today. By the way, today is uh, your boy Barney Bonds' birthday. Barry Bonds. No kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 54. Um, uh, today, we're going to have Bob Walk on. Buckos, I have to be honest, it was difficult to talk about him because people automatically, wow, what do you... Now you got a reason, so uh, Walkie's going to be on. 
Um, the fabulous Michael Prezuto will join me talking Steelers at 1 p.m. And then at 1.20, Rob King. How about that? Full show for you there. Yep. Is it actually going to be Mike, or is it going to be somebody who wants to be like him? Well, everybody wants to be like him. Many, you know, many have tried. Well, we have a contest going chosen. on right now where you can be like Mike. You have until Thursday at 5 o'clock to win all of that cool stuff, including sideline passes to roam the sidelines of uh, practice for the Steelers. In the afternoon practice, Wednesday, August 1st, you get a $100 gift card at the Pittsburgh Steelers Pro Shop gift card. Uh, or Pro Shop, the gift card is worth 100 bucks there. Another gift card for Sharkies for the Live from Latrobe radio program, which goes down Beautiful. Wednesday night. Then you get to do the morning show with us on Thursday morning. Get two tickets to the Titans and uh, Steelers preseason game on the 25th. And you get a hotel room out in Latrobe uh, where you will uh, have the confines decorated just like Mike's <laughs> dorm room at St. Vincent College in Latrobe. We'll even have Mike's wardrobe laid out for you to wear the next day. Cargo shorts, a Steelers golf shirt, a Michigan State baseball hat, USA hockey jersey, a Springsteen poster, a coffee cup to be used as a tobacco spittoon, an American flag hanging, you know, all of the particulars there. And uh, you have to register by 5 o'clock on Thursday, so do so. Got to be 21. DVE.com. That's it for us for today. Is the emphasis on cargo shorts a, a shot? No, it's just what you wear. Okay. Is that the only thing you take a shot from? What's listed? Sounds <laughs> <laughs> like we're trying to insult you several different ways there. <laughs> I mean, the why did stuck? you pick that one out? I just feel like they're very practical because when I get out yeah, of the field are. to cover practice, I have to have a notebook, I have to have a pen, I have to have a backup pen, right. pen I have to have two things of water. Yeah, what do you do? I have to have a fanny recording, pack? recording device, a, a can of skull. And a can of no skull. No need to take yeah. a shot at us. But they're very practical. So I, I need those. But it, it did occur to me, listening to you read those dates, it's actually a two-for-one because my brother and nephew are making their annual trip up from Washington, D.C. on Tuesday. We're going to go to the Bucks cubs game, and then they go to practice on Wednesday. They always come up for a, a training camp day, and they do it around a pirate game. So you'll be ensconced. You'll meet the whole clan. Yeah. By Pursuitus. You know, there'll be three of us. All wearing cargo shorts. All these are fine. <laughs> <laughs> all, all chewing to bad snuff. Yeah. Hey, thanks to Mark Aboli for joining us earlier. Uh, tomorrow on the show, Mark Madden, comedian Dean Delray, who's he's awesome. Also, comedian Jeff Conkle and Mr. Wednesday there in the six, 6 o'clock hour. Michelle is up next. Have a great day, everybody. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.